Bam, we're live. Holy shit. That was quick. The first four seconds of the show just flew by. I looked up and it was we weren't live and then it said four seconds. That was quick. I don't even do drugs. Anymore. Sometimes. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen you in a couple of days. What's up? Oh, nothing. I just Life got good? back home. Yeah. Where were you? I went back to my parents. I haven't seen them since I got back. Oh, that's right. That's right. We talked about it. It was the first time. Yeah. Good times? Yeah, it was really cool. It was good. It was really fast, but it was good. Driving distance? No. We had to fly. Oh. How was that? It wasn't too bad. It was kind of a... I had to go through Atlanta. Atlanta's a disaster. I'm dreading flying again, ever. I don't know why. I don't know if it's like some old old guy thing or I just like, for some reason I put this huge like stop sign in front of the thought of flying. Let me rephrase that. Flying in a commercial jet. (laughs) (laughs) It's gotten better. I think in the past few years, the past year, I guess. Good. Good. God. Just that. As soon as I think I, when I think of flying, I don't even think of flying. I think of um, uh, TSA. You know what you I mean? Just go, I, I, yeah, I don't picture myself sitting on a plane. I picture myself uh, showing my ID to someone. Get TSA pre, it's way better. You don't have to take anything out of your bags. You just cruise right through. Brett, good morning. Hey, how you doing, guys? What's up, dude? Uh, beautiful morning here. I recognize your, your spot. That's the spot where I've watched you do other podcasts. Yeah, well, I prefer to be out of nature if i can for sure beautiful fresh air hey wh- where are you what state are you in <clears throat> uh, i'm in the southern united states i try not to give away my state because okay enough people have threatened to hurt me i figured good idea not to no shit i mean don't, i'm not you know i'm not crying victim here it's no different than the average influencer on the internet gets but you know figure protect the family best to not divulge that wow interesting wow well, I, I, it's funny. Um, uh, sometimes people ask me because of the stuff that I say on here if I get uh, a lot of hate mail, and the haters completely stay away from me. Maybe I'm just not popular enough yet. Maybe that's a bad sign. <laughs> well, you know, be careful what you wish for. Hey, dude, you're doing such good work. It's crazy. Empowering kids uh, to grow up. Um, man, man, you're doing – it's crazy what you're doing. You must be so uh, you must be so proud of yourself. You must be so excited. You must wake up every morning just pumped. I mean, you're kind of it's a dream job, isn't it? And you have kids, right? Yep, I have two beautiful children and an amazing wife and you know, God willing, we'll have a third child next year. Uh, or this year, I should say, you know, I guess 9 months so next year. But um yeah, you know, I live my life with a lot of purpose and I really wanted to get to the point where I moved beyond pointing out the problems in the world and really started offering people solutions because there's so many people out there who see problems with the system and they know that something needs to change. And their only idea of a solution is to look at Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell and all of these ghouls and say, can you guys change something? And let me break the news for you. They're never going to change anything. But what we can do is we can start building parallel systems and parallel economies from the grassroots level. And 
it's a lot like a game of chess where, yeah, you know, Klaus Schwab, he has his creepy agenda 2030 and he wants you to eat the bugs, right? But, the bugs, the bugs. But how does your chessboard look? And how have you been positioning your pieces? Because everybody has a game plan. So you better get one yourself. And if we start building, you know, what happens, um, it's really amazing where opportunity after opportunity starts to present itself. And the more people that do this, they'll realize you don't have to outsource your power. You've always had your power. And the whole purpose of the TV screen and the whole purpose of the show, as I like to call it, is to separate people from that divine truth that they've had the power the whole time. Like Dorothy, all she had to do was click her heels together three times. Um, um, tell, tell me about that, the, the, the power thing, about giving away your power and about instead pumping it kind of back into yourself, investing it into yourself. Yeah, there well, is. think about it. It doesn't really matter who your guy is, right? So people have their guy they, they cling on to. And your guy could be Trump or Ron DeSantis or, you know, if you're really lost in your left-wing type person, you know, it could be Joe Biden, I guess. You know, whoever Joey, you can call him Joey, friend of the um, show, Joey. And people cling on to their guy and they say, now solve my problems. But the problem is with that is, one, all of these people are controlled by money. They have controllers themselves. They have people that they answer to. And right. I know some people will say, but my guy's not fine. Even with that, the system is so entrenched in its corruption. It's such a swamp. It's such a conglomerate of nonsense that even if a good person were to get in there and wanted to make change, they're limited. I mean, sure, they can make some change, but they're limited to the scope of change that could actually happen. But where your power is, is rather than outsourcing saying, hey, you know, I support this politician or this or that. No, your power is right under your feet. It's your God gave you your power, it gave you your two hands, it gave you your brain. And we have the ability to build parallel systems, right? We can complain about the music on the radio, or you can do like my friend, um, my friend Anchor Bear, who makes amazing moral music. And there's so many creative artists. Um, they're on TikTok, they're on YouTube, just grassroots artists. Uh, people like Tom McDonald, people like, um, there's a really good, uh, I'm forgetting his name, black guy, just Christian music. He's, he raps, he's amazing. Um, a lot of people like that who make really good alternative culture. There's um, Tuttle Twins, who does something like me. They make children's books, like I write the Cubs to Bears books. They've taken it a step further. They now have children's cartoons pushing um, their view of the world, which I think is great. It's not exactly mine, but they're builders, and I respect that. I have a lot of respect for Connor Bayock. I think he's walked a similar road than me. There's people like um, Owen Benjamin, who has built his own nation, Bertaria, and he has all of these homesteaders coming together, all of these farmers coming together, and they're building parallel economies where people are getting to know, okay, hey, you know what, I am a farmer, I butcher cows. Instead of getting your cows from, you know, Tyson and these big box stores, why don't you get them from me? And what it's doing is it's shrinking the supply chain chains so that people are actually reclaiming their power and every one of us in whatever area of expertise you have is able to do that so you know if you're a tech guy that's great get into the business of helping 
alternative people who are being banned from things build parallel systems and your value will speak for itself. And because you're doing it and you're based, right, that starts to get around to people like me who would say, wow, I really want to work with that guy, right? Like my tech guy, um, he works with um, Tom Burnett. He works with Christopher Gardner. He works with Owen Benjamin, right? He works with these kind of blackballed people. And when I was trying to build my stuff and my website and my education platform, I said, I need a guy like that. I need a guy who I know that when shit hits the fan and they're coming to get me and coming to cancel me, that guy has my back. And that's how you become anti-fragile. And it really just, all we need is a mindset shift in the awake, the patriotic community. And you would be amazed. You take a hundred million people and you get them thinking how I think about things, how quickly the world will become what we want it to be. You, uh, go, going back to what you were saying, Brett, about um, people who uh, just complain or that they just are just pointing out the issues. Um, it, it, two bits on that. As you were saying that, I was like, fuck, that's me. I have this podcast. I sit up here. I bitch for uh, two hours uh, every day. I pull up stuff on the Internet. I make fun of people. And then I thought, oh, but but there is actually something that I'm doing uh, that's incredibly valuable is I've taken my three boys out of the system. And I spend every minute that I'm not on this podcast with my three boys, raising my three boys, setting an example for other people around me that your kids don't have to go to school, that they don't they don't have to they don't have to go in there and be brainwashed. They're an example of kids who don't were never vaccinated. They're an example of like just flourishing health. And so I guess even on that level, um, if if at bare minimum, you're not doing what you're doing. Not only living the example, but but sh- um, but giving people opportunities in doorways out of their current you know, way of thinking. At, at least live the example. At least at least walk the walk, right? At least have the values um, that, that that show other people, hey, it's possible, right? Well, I'm not a complete I'm not a complete loser for not uh, raising chickens and uh, writing kids' books. No, no, there's a few things I could unpack. <laughs> good, good. Tell me I'm not horrible. Thank you. No, I mean, if you look at the systems that we're going against, right? We're yeah. About yeah. Parallel systems is what I'm right. talking about. Parallel economies, parallel systems. Well, one of those systems that we need to combat that people need an alternative to is CNN, Fox News, and the media industrial complex. So you're actually, you have created um, grassroots alternative media options and- you know, just like myself, I'm sure you're right about things, you're wrong about things, but at least people could go somewhere and say, this guy's telling me what he actually thinks, not what the funding is saying. Right, right. Very powerful in that. And that's why people should, and I always tell people too, people boycott. You know, you need to support people with the same fury you boycott. Like, they'll, oh, boycott CNN, boycott Netflix, but are you funding your favorite podcast, right? Right, because right. That's the alternative to that. And as someone that's actually been building an alternative to the education system, I know how many different expenses and things of that nature go into building up a grassroots business. So people need to get behind you. They need to get behind what you're doing. And rather than just boycott, say, you know what, that's where I'm going to spend my $10 a month. You take a thousand people, $10 a month, put that behind one good person Now they can make a living and they can start continuing to build those systems. And as all of us raise our vibration, our frequency, our level of consciousness, 
the more and more people like you in your position start saying, you know, we're not only going to point out the problems in the world, but now I am going to encourage my listener base routinely, consistently as part of what I do. What are you doing? What is your skill set? And how can you start building a parallel system? And the amazing thing is when you start supporting your followers like that and they start supporting you, you create this whole economy. It just gives back. It's like a feedback loop. Um, that is look at look, you just leveraged nine dollars out of Heidi. She's like, fine. Like she just threw a ten dollar bill at us. She's like crumpled it up and she's like, fine. Look at thank no, you. No, but, but Heidi, thank you, Brett. She, she gets that. I mean, there's there's something very powerful about in-group preference and supporting the things that you believe in. Yes. Uh, and I, I have such a unique perspective because of the parallel systems that I built. But the other thing you said was how you took your children out of the system and you're raising them right. And the number one thing that we can do if we want to build a better future is right there with that man in the mirror. You get married, you have kids, you take them out of the system, be in the world, but not of it. You raise them right. You teach them the skills of freedom. You teach them how to see the manipulation. And when good people start doing that and raising their children, being that example. And when I say the example, I don't drink alcohol ever. Not because I don't like drinking alcohol, but because I want my children to have one example in their life that's close to them that shows them you don't have to be like all those other people. Mm. You can live your life on your terms and do things the way you do them. And I, I want to be that role model, right? Um, so you, you take these steps in your life with um, personal responsibility, with being that example, and it's exponential, the difference that will make in the world to your children. And when you raise your kids like that, like people talk about um, all of these ghouls, right? You know, these Klaus Schwab types and these Rothschild Rockefeller types. I'm like, you look at them and all of their children, like kill themselves. They're like drug addicts, like Hunter Biden, right? These are like broken. God, people. poor Hunter is fucked up, man. He's a mess. Well, because they grow up seeing their parents not taking personal responsibility, seeing their parents live lives. And what happens is they themselves grow up and they don't want to have families. They don't want to have children. They're broken. They are the broken. But when you raise your children in truth, in doing what is right, in morality, in family first, well, those people, and I see them in my homeschool community all the time, you'd be amazed. They have five, six, seven, eight, 10, 11, 12 children. Right. So that's how we win the future. And we've had the power to do it the entire time. Um, Brett, how old are you? Uh, 34. God, you know so much already. And, 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 um, were you a product of the public school? Yeah. I'm, I'm a miracle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, um, what were what did your parents do? What was your parents' vocation? Uh, my father, um, Worked in um, um, gas for, you know, he was a blue collar worker for his whole life. You know, he's, he's older now. Um, like oil fields and shit like that? No, no. Like Lilco and Keyspan and. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, union type stuff. Um, so he did that his whole life. And uh, my mother, when I was early in life, she was a stay at home mom. And then when I was uh, probably about in middle school, she went back to college. Uh, she got a degree and uh, she wound up working as a speech pathologist for a little while. 
Um, but the, you know, the reason I was able to wake up to the world and cause that, you know, people see me now and, um, were you liberal? Did you vote Democrat? So I was raised, um, conservative. Okay. Um, but like everyone else, I came through the public school system and right. I came back my freshman year of college and I broke my parents' heart. I said, mom, dad, I'm a liberal, I'm a Democrat. And that was my freshman year of college. And um, luckily, by the time I had graduated college, I had already seen through the spells. I was like, I started listening to more and more of these things that people said. I was like, wait a second, none of this is jiving. And, and then I became a Republican by the time I graduated college. So, you know, between 18 to 22 years old. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really believed in that for a number of years. Um, you know, I would get very behind the political campaigns and whatnot. But, you know, through age and experience, you start to get wisdom. And I was like, you know, these guys say a lot of things that sound good, but these guys don't do a lot of things that are, you know, you know, they'll they'll talk a big game when they don't have the power. Right. Um, but when they're when they're in power, they don't do anything. So, like, you know, now the Republicans will be like, we are going to get rid of the IRS. Right. We're going to do that. I was like, man, but when you guys had the House, the Senate, the presidency under Trump, I would have loved if you guys were like, let's go after the IRS, right? But but then you were quiet on it, right? And that's how all these games function. So it's like these people, they serve a purpose, right? Like it, it's feedback loops. You have portions of the population and they divide them very well through propaganda. But you have portions of the, pro the population where they get dependent and they do that by convincing them they've been victims. Um, and, and that starts at a very young age. And I mean, they, they generally target some type, any type of minority status they could um, attach you to. They try to get you to attach to that identity because then you're a victim. Um, you stop taking personal responsibility and you can say, no, no, the system has to take care of us because the system oppressed us. That's the whole, that's the means behind it, right? The modus operatus. Um, and then you get the, the other portion of the population who they basically try to convince that you're an oppressor and you're bad and, and you should hate yourself. Um, or like you should hang on to some type of facade type patriotism. Like, because I'm proud to be an American. Oh, well, if you're proud to be an American, you better support every invasion into the Middle East. You better support the invasion into Ukraine. You better support um, all of this, this militarism. Um, and, and by the way, these corporations, right? Free market capitalism, baby. These corporations, they're not doing anything bad. And people get behind this. They get into these camps when it's like, no, you need to be able to see the system for what it is. I mean, yeah, I'm a capitalist, but I'm, I'm not retarded. I mean, I can see the big pharmaceutical industry clearly purchase all the politicians and you know, they pushed, I, 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 yeah, I don't want to get you guys in trouble. No, no, no. It's go ahead. We're already in trouble. It's okay. I don't care. But, you know, you, we, you all know what I'm talking about, right? We all yeah. see what they did. Um, and if you just go to opensecrets.org, you could track the lobbying money, right? Yep. So they, they create these, like these energy cycles and then the politicians, <laughs> their whole function is to manage the people like, um, kind of like you'd be managing farm animals. You, you have to give them the area to vent tell them, Hey, I'm going to solve your problems. I know you're angry about this. I'm angry about this too, but guess what's going to happen? The same agenda is always going to go forward. And you can, you can really see that. Um, when you look back, like when you look back at Obama versus Romney, like, yeah, obviously Obama was terrible, but now you look back in hindsight and you're like, 
Romney is a disaster. Like the guy does nothing but push whatever the establishment wants him to push. And guess what? He was going to do the same thing. Right. And, and at the time they knew that because Obamacare was based off of Romney care. It was based off of something that Romney originally put. Right. And it yep. was the same thing with like right. John McCain, where right. like he was the alternative to, but John McCain is the biggest establishment show. Right. So you look back and you say, wait a second at the time, they cloak it in language where they're like, wow, these guys are really good. But then um, when you look back in hindsight, you're like, wow, it really wasn't a choice, right? These people are all paid by the same people. Um, and yeah, they might have some differences, but in the end, the big agenda that the money really wants, like the Rockefeller types and, and the, you know, the big funding, the Soros types, those agendas are generally pushed forward. Um, and yeah, like there's nuance, like there's some pushback, but I don't want a little bit of pushback. I don't want like, oh, so I'm putting all my energy behind a Republican. I'm not telling you not to vote Republican, by the way. Like, I get it. Like, the, I understand the lesser of two evils, but I'm talking about not putting all your power behind that. I'm talking right. about saying rather than feeding into that energy loop and that control system to, I mean, yeah, you could vote, you know, go gut your guy. Right. But, um, you know, the, the. The slightly Republican is better than the, the radical socialist. I get that. But don't put your power in that. Put your power in building because that's that's ultimately how we win. Right. And going back to, to the to the victim and then uh, making sure that the establishment um, is taking care of you. It's I've seen many, many people point out, oh, you're playing the victim. You're playing the victim. And then uh, I look look back and that person's playing the victim also because they got them on both sides. They got them on the Republicans and the Democrats. It's just when it's convenient to 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 play the victim. Uh, Eric Brandt. Thank you, dude. I, I really appreciate it. Wow. You guys are crazy generous today. Uh, Salo, Salo Ri. I don't even know where that money's from, but thank you. Thanks for being my favorite uh, media outlet, Parallel Society. Don't you just want to do your own thing, lead by example, stay around the people who aren't awake yet? Um, salt must stay in the dish. It's a great um, profile picture. You know what I kind of think of politicians, especially I live in California, and this is what kind of sucks, is you want a governor so that you can put your head, you can go to the skate park and raise your kids and you can take your kids you know, to the beach and read them a book. And you, I want to be able to keep my head down and focus on on what I want to focus on. But unfortunately, my governor's letting people rob stores, do drugs in the streets, and allow abortions uh, seven days after the baby's born. And it's like, I, I guess that's why so many of us have our head up now, right? Because we're seeing the crazy shit happening. And we're, we're, just, we're just hoping that we could get a caretaker who will manage the big picture a little bit for us. And instead, it's turned into a complete shit show. I, I mean, can you believe what's happening in some of these cities? Do you watch what's happening in like Portland and Seattle and San Francisco and Los Angeles? It's like literally they're falling apart. Yeah, it's, I mean, all, dr it's all drugs, too. They keep calling it home. Well, that's another thing, uh, critical thing. And they keep calling it homelessness when we know it's absolutely not homelessness. Homelessness is the um, uh, byproduct. It's the um, symptom. The real issue is just drugs. It's just they're all they're all I, I, um, something about me, uh, Brett. I was homeless for five years. And in that, in my tenure as being homeless, I never, there was only one other man of the thousands of homeless people I met besides myself who wasn't a drug addict. Every single person, other person was a fucking drug addict and, and they were a crook also. So they had to steal and then they had to buy the drugs 
Um, and by steal, I mean, just opportunistic stealing, right? You leave your side gate open, they go in your backyard, take your bike, sell it buy, you know, and buy pills. It's crazy. Yeah. And they push this stuff. I mean, we could go back to the 1990s where, I mean, the CIA got caught running drugs from South America into Los Angeles, right? Gary, West. is that the Noriega thing? And Ray, is that, that the Noriega thing? I don't, I'm not sure if it's Noriega. It might be. Okay. Um, okay. But you look up, um, Gary Webb and, and real Rick Ross. Um, not the rapper. He's a, he was a drug kingpin in, in Los Angeles. Um, there's a whole really interesting history on that of the CIA running drugs into the inner cities. But, but here's the thing about that. Like even, yeah, you look at, we want a good caretaker and like, well, someone who closes the border, for example, like, how are we, a like everyone should be able to understand that if the borders open, we're not a country. But here, here's my thing about that. Yeah, please. You know, because, Yes, we want a good caretaker and we want someone to secure the borders. Um, absolutely. You know, I was really excited about the prospect of a wall, <laughs> but <clears throat> we all want that stuff. But ultimately, politics, and this is why they control Hollywood, and this is why they push so much propaganda through the music. They push the drugs, right, through the music culture and everything. Um, politics is downstream from culture. And, and that's part of the equation that. You hear people say that a lot, like, oh, politics is downstream from culture. And that's true. But culture is downstream from morality. So politics uh, is uh. really downstream from morality. And here's what I mean by that. So people are like, oh, well, they get the politics they want because they push the culture on us. That's so disgusting. Well, I would say, when's the last time you watched Netflix? Because our great grandparents were moral enough where if you tried to show them the stuff that everyone just accepts as normal now, they, they, they'd be turning in their graves. They, your, our great grandparents looked at Elvis and said, that's the devil. And you shouldn't be watching that. And everyone mocked them. They said, Oh, you're all squares. Right. And well, now looking back in hindsight, I think they might've had a point that maybe we shouldn't have let this degeneracy seep into our culture because when they were around, it was taboo a woman didn't show an ankle. Right. And now I can't put on, I can't put on a PG 13 show. Right. Without my 13 year old seeing sexually explicit content. And all of that is part of the grooming because as soon as you start to allow that stuff onto into the shows, right. Well, then it becomes, well, we're going to put the homosexual scene into the show and say, Oh, well, you don't do that. Well, how do you have any grounds to stand on? You're perfectly fine with them putting regular sexual stuff in the show. You have no legs to stand on because you have no morality because you have no code. So what happens is all of this stuff, all of this drug culture, this sex culture, this violence culture, the violence on these shows, it's despicable. It's disgraceful that we would as a culture accept, yeah, yeah, just keep showing young people that violence is fine. Keep showing like, yeah, we just sit around, we root for violence, we we root for these characters doing drugs. We, we watch this sexual stuff from the time you're little. And then <clears throat> we wonder why the culture is so broken down by the time people get older. Right. And then, and then the politics follow it. So when we start taking personal responsibility and building parallel systems, right? Like where are people making cartoon shows <clears throat> for children that aren't sexual, that aren't violent, right? That Dude, well, I just watched a Superman cartoon with my kids the other day, and the 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 lady had her tits pushed up to her face. It was like, 
I, I couldn't even fucking believe it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it that my kids were watching that. I was like, uh, okay, we're not watching that Superman again. Not, not because I have anything against boobs. I think boobs are fantastic. I love boobs, all the boobs. They're great, but I just don't see as a, I just don't see that a six-year-old needs like a hypersexualized woman in, in, as a main character in their, in their, um, in their entertainment. They're gonna have, they're gonna have plenty of those when they get older. And and the only reason that happens is, and this is why I really, um, I really go hard at Christian America, and I get pushback from the, God. How dare you? No, I go. Christian America was supposed to be the backbone of American culture, and. Christian America is supposed to stand against types of overt sexual perversion and all of this stuff. And they decades ago just started accepting all of this stuff, right? They started being special boys and saying that, Oh no, you know, John three sixteen, I believe, I believe in Jesus. So my sins are forgiven. Jesus already took care of my sins. So don't worry about it. And I'm going to support this degeneracy and then wonder why my culture falls apart. Uh, one of the, <clears throat> One of the um, big moments that the controllers really stopped respecting Christian America and they were like, we could push whatever we want is when the Internet came out and um, the pornography came out and they started getting the statistics, the metadata on pornography. And they started getting that data in the Bible Belt. They said, oh, these people are already broken. They're weak. They're not going to push back against anything because they saw what they were watching. Right? They said these people don't stand by their book. Oh, like, oh, oh, wow, wow, wow. So, so basically, so, so let me see if I understand this. You're saying they're basically they're looking at the stats of like they look at some town in Tennessee that's supposed to be the most religious town in the world, and they check out their internet traffic, and eighty percent of it's rolling off of Pornhub. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. So it's whole Christian America, and I, I point them out because they're an actual group. That if they were to correct their ship, like if these pastors were tax-exempt cucks and yeah. actually corrected their ship and yeah. started being shepherds again, they could actually start getting a large enough portion of America back in line to say, we all pull our money out of Netflix. We all pull our money out of... Don't go to Disneyland. Don't go to ever go to Disneyland. The public school system where um, you... You have these these Christians sending their children to public schools where they're teaching them about sodomy. I I mean they tried that in England, where the Muslims had um, were migrated, whatever <laughs> been brought in, right, whatever we're going to call it. But they were brought into England, and they got to these English schools, and they tried to teach their kids the same things they teach them here. Big thing happened. They flipped out, as you can imagine. They all pulled their Muslim children out of the school, and the craziest thing happened. The school and the government, they all apologized. They said, we're sorry. We shouldn't have taught your kids that. Now, what they're going to do is, so now they don't teach that. What they will do is they will slowly try to let it seep in for the next few generations, targeting that group. And as soon as those Muslims start being special boys the way Christians in America have become special boys. Then what are what are special boys? Um, the special boys are like um, these guys who are like, oh, you know, I've already been saved. You know, John three sixteen. I believe Jesus died for my sins, 
So I'm, I'm just going to go, you know, ignore my children, ignore my wife, watch porn, drink alcohol, watch football. Really? That's, that's a real, that's a real term. Like, did you just make that up now? Or that's like some sort of vernacular. That's some sort of term to point at that, a certain that kind is of behavior. Rhetoric. That is rhetoric. And the first time I heard that used was by Owen Benjamin, but it's a great way to describe a group of people that claim to stand for one thing. And, and like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, I'm not like holier than that. I'm not saying that like, I don't do things that are hypocritical in my life. I'm not perfect. Right. 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 Like, right. I shop at Walmart. Sometimes I, um, I did tune into the final two minutes of the Super Bowl just because it was the final two minutes. And did I you see Rihanna diddle herself and then sniff her watch, finger? I, I did that. And I watched the halftime show. I, I forgive I, I was, you. I forgive you, my son. I was interested in the culture, but I, I didn't watch most of the game because I boycott football in general. Can you um, believe that people are defending that as uh, okay? I'm as wild as you get. I love crazy shit. I have great libtard roots. I love some crazy shit. But how in the Super Bowl have to? We'll come back to that. I do not know how that that was okay. But but uh, let, sorry, I, I derailed you. Do you remember where you were at? No, you nailed it on the head. I mean, yeah. that that's a perfect example of. Where did we get in America where the National Football League could put on a show that they know the Super Bowl is a family event? They know that. Yeah. This is a show for children. Yeah. Really, <clears throat> percentage-wise, a the majority of children in the United States of America are watching that show. Yeah. And every single year they have this overtly, overly sexual performance. Right? I mean, dude, she did the diddle thing. She did the thing, the diddle gesture, and then sniffed her finger. And I'm just like, I, I like for like, I can't even make the connection. I can't even be like, I can't find any like, I can't give her any wiggle room. I can't, I can't be like, well, it was okay because, I mean, literally, it looks like an ad for um, uh, porn. It looked like an ad for pornography. It was that, crazy. That's what it is. That's what it was it is. absolutely crazy. Yeah, do you think they, that other people, do you think that, what if it's just because we have kids, we can see that? Do you think we would have thought that if we were, um, what if you were the 19 year old version of Brett Pike? Would you uh, have thought I that? Was, I was degenerate as anyone else. I was, I was drinking alcohol all the time. Um, I feel like I, I still could have caught that though. I feel like even like in my craziest years, um, I would have been like, yeah, that you should, you can't do that. Yeah, when I, I, when I was a kid, Brett, people um you weren't allowed to wear shorts on airplanes. I remember, like everyone dressed up to get on an airplane. That, now that's it's just what that's now what done to the culture. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh yeah, uh, Rihanna's finger sniff was more inappropriate than Nipplegate. I don't even. Hey, and they put a close up camera shot of her too. It's like going back to what you were saying. It was it was at first I was like, well, that was just an accident. That was just meant for the stage. And someone's like, no, dude. They cut, they had a cameraman there who cut, they cut to that shot knowing she was going to do that. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. And don't, don't um, overlook that she was blatantly dressed as the devil. Oh, I didn't even, th well, I didn't even think of that. I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a um, very religious guy. So some of those uh, overtones go just like right over my head. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. She actually had, um, I believe on her belt was a pentagram. Hey, why do they do that? Do they do that just to fuck with the with the with the left? Is that is or with the right? Do they do that just to fuck with uh or do you think that they really have some sort of like like whenever I, I, I see I think, 
Whenever I, I see people doing the devil stuff, I think they're just doing it to be provocative. They don't really have any any thought in it. I, I think they pace society. So pace is that what the word used? They pace society. So like like I was explaining with the Muslims, um, like right now the Muslims in England pulled their children out of school. So what they'll do is they'll try to pace them. They'll try to slowly get them to accept just a little bit more sexuality, just a little bit more alcohol, just a little bit more um, drinking, um, just a little bit more of whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. Um, and then by the, by the time you get to where our culture is now, um, they straight have performers, um, just like at, what was it? The Grammys, the guy, right. Just dressing up with the devil. And, and that other guy who gave the, uh, the devil, a lap dance, a gay lap dance at the award show. Right. So they just, they normalize, normalize, they're pacing you, pacing you. And then once they get you to a point where you'll accept more and more degeneracy, they'll just, they'll keep pushing it. Uh, uh, she didn't, uh, she did not. Gra- the thing it's, this says as footage shows a gyrating Rihanna appeared to grab her crotch area, then proceed to smell and taste it when the music briefly transitioned. The thing is, is she didn't, um, uh, she didn't, uh, grab it as she gave the international symbol for the diddle. I know the international symbol for a diddle. I'm a corrupt man. I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know it's this guys. It's this. You, if you're, you've been with the girl who does that to prep herself for you, you know what I'm talking about? It was, it was fucking nuts. I, I, I was in shock. I, I kind of like, I kind of like denied that I saw it. I was like, I must've saw that wrong. I'm a pervert. Anyone uh, who supports the NFL with their money, with their viewership, because that's where they get their money after that. They can't complain about the politics in America because it's their acceptance of that culture through their lack of morality that right. allows the, the politics to be possible. And that's people don't want to hear that, but that's the truth of what has happened to America. Hey, well, what do you mean? Careful, Sevy. I mean, what you, I, I, this is, I know, I, I know what this is. I know, I know I'm a, I'm a 50 year old man. I've had a, I'm a well-seasoned man. Oh, what is it? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. RVing across America. Good. Uh, when um, this this morality thing, you said it went basically morality, culture, and then politics. Do you, do you remember um, morality being introduced to you as a child? Did you go to church as a kid? No, I'm I'm not churching at all. By the way, um, in You're fact, not. I grew up thinking most of that was nonsense. Didn't really take any of it seriously. I'm, I'm spiritual. I'm not churching, but I do consider myself a Christian. And through my connection with God, because when you're spiritual, you really connect with God. You, um, you see what Christianity has become blind to, which is that they stopped following their book. They stopped following the, the idea that the whole purpose of the story of Jesus, the whole purpose of Jesus being here, the way Jesus freed us from our sins was not by dying, partially by dying. The way Jesus freed us from our sins was humanity had become very lost. And the son of God came down and said, I will show you through my personal responsibility, see, through my example, how you connect with the father. And then what Jesus did was he lived his life the way all of us are supposed to live our lives. And the end of that, was he allowed them to kill him and then become the martyr, right? And because Yeah, of that, that's the bad part. Like if you live like him, you get killed. That's the bad part. 
All the but, other but, shit's good, but he allowed uh, that, and he—that's how he died for our sins. In that, he came here to die to show us how to live, right? And then these modern churches take it as they're like, "They no, no, he died for your sins, so it doesn't matter that you get drunk, beat your family, ignore your wife, and watch porn all day, right? Right? And then support the NFL." When you know that they are pushing a culture that is detrimental to the future of your nation and your children, right? That is satanic. Um, but then it's like, but then the special boy comes in. It's like, no, no, no. Jesus died for my sins, right? No, Jesus, Jesus lived for your sins. I, in fact, I love that rhetoric. Wow, uh, that's going to be my new thing. Jesus didn't die for your sins; he lived for your sins. And the more people that recognize that. But anyway, getting back to where I was, so I didn't grow up churchian. I thought most of that was nonsense. And years back, before I was a builder, I was someone who wanted to point out all the problems. Because at first you wake up and I was like, I'll tell everyone, I'll scream it from the mountaintops. Yeah. Right? So for a couple of years, I was doing investigative journalism. And I was doing a report on Jerry Sandusky at the time. Um. I'm not going to get too into it because I don't want to get your channel, but Sandusky no, you can, you can. I'm, I'm always curious about the Sin, Sin, Sandusky. I got some thoughts on this, the, the old Sandusky myself. Go ahead. Sandusky wasn't an isolated predator. Sandusky was a member of a group um, who had these creepy parties um, and they got, what the was the group called? What was the group called? They didn't have a name. It was just like a group of rich and powerful people that had power parties. Okay. Uh, in Philadelphia. And okay. Um, they procured these children from the South Philadelphia Boys and Girls Club, and there was a billionaire who was in charge of it. I'm trying to think of his name. Um, is it that is that that family where one of the billionaires has transitioned? Is pushing the whole transgender movement? Do you know who I'm talking about? Like the Pierre family or something? No, I mean I don't know what oh. this family does now. I'm, I'm going to get this wrong. It was so long ago. I think it was like Kravitz. I, I'm, it's probably wrong. And, and Philly also has that big art collector family um, that, that are the billionaires. Anyway. Well, well. anyway, I think, I think, I think Kravitz. But anyway, um, they, they, so they had this billionaire family and they were procuring children from the South Philadelphia Boys and Girls Club, having these really creepy parties and, you know, grooming the kids and whatnot. So Sadusky was a part of that. And um, there were senators, um, the black guy, uh, Lawrence, Jesus, so long ago I did this. Um, Specter from Philadelphia was involved with it. Um, and anyway, the the politicians that actually connected back to um, our favorite lady, you know, Mrs. Clinton. Yes. Right? So anyway, I was doing a whole report on that, um, and and literally, I connected all the way through the eight children that went missing from Haiti on her plane and the one child that died. Like really creepy stuff. Um, I've, I've always been very good at deep investigative research. So I'm um, just kind of my background. So, um, anyway, I was doing that report. God, I'd like to hear that story too. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. So I, I was doing that report and, um, at that moment I was just sitting there at my computer and it was so dark. Like you, you investigate things and like, like I did a lot of research and, and investigations into Seth Rich's death. Uh, Michael Hastings' death, but like, it was dark because it was, it was kids getting molested, and that's some fucking dark shit. It was so unbelievably dark. 
like like the trafficking, like look, grabbing kids and just just sexualizing kids. Like the the mob was involved in this ring. Like I, again, I'm not. I don't want to get myself killed. But like so anyway, it was real dark stuff, like snuff films and stuff. But and it was so unbelievably dark. And I was sitting there, and I was I was just I was like I can't believe this. Like, and I realized that I I was looking right at the devil. And right at that moment, I just said to myself. And because of that, I know God is real. And that was the first time in my life. And right as I thought that, and I, I like, I don't know how to explain it. I got pins and needles over my entire body. It was the warmest feeling I ever got in my body. And right in that moment, um, I actually view that as God spoke to me, like through that. Um, and right at that moment, I knew God was real. And then, um, how old were you at this time, Brett? I was, um, oh God, I don't know. Um, what, a, what an amazing awakening story. I've never heard a story where someone realized God was real when they were staring the devil in the eyes. You know what I mean? I realized so, God is real when I saw the devil. I mean, that's kind of what you're saying. So, so that was around, um, 2016 ish. Um, and, and, and then, so I was like, all right. So then I, I really started studying the Bible a lot. Cause I was like, maybe there's more to this. Um, so I started studying the Bible a lot and started studying um, a lot of religions. I, I've read the Quran um, and, and just the different spiritual views of the world. And, and I find, like I said, I'm not holier than thou. I find a lot of these religions to be beautiful um, when they're actually followed. Like everything gets perverted and corrupted. But when they're like Christianity, when it's followed, is beautiful. Islam, when it's followed, is beautiful. You know, you get the perversions of all these things and people that use it to their advantage to do bad things and whatnot. But um, uh, on their face, these are beautiful religions. And, um, I really started to not to connect to the religion, but I, I started to pray a lot and talk to God. And, um, the only thing I can say is once you really go down that path, it's almost like, imagine if there were uh, a blind man and you were trying to explain to him what sight is. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, that warmth you feel. Well, if you look up into the sky, there's this big yellow ball in the sky. And they're like, they're like, okay, crazy guy. You're like, no, there's this big yellow ball. And they're like, what is yellow? <laughs> right? What is yellow? And you're like, you just don't see, right? I could describe it in metaphors. Like I could say um, yellow is, the, is warm. It's warmth. It's a hug. It's when the air hugs you, right? But how do you explain what yellow is to a blind man, mm. right? And, and I started connecting with God. I really started talking to God a lot. And I, I talked to God all the time. Um, and you really can connect to that source. We are that powerful. And they've taken that away from us. I think it's why they push um, the Satan on, Satanism on us and whatnot. So I'm not a Christian. I'm not like um, this holier than now Christian. What I try to get people to see is that they have their own amazing divine connection to the creator. And that when you find that and you start viewing these things for what they are like stop saying that jesus died for you and start saying that jesus lived for you and understand what that means that jesus lived for you now you need to live for jesus right you need to try to walk and we're going to fall short of that that's fine that's where we're falling but we're going to try our best to live that and that means being truthful that means putting your family first your community first always doing what you believe to be the right thing to calling out the Pharisees, right? People like Jesus was this, this warm, soft love. No, Jesus was as 
he's above this this in the in the sexual hierarchy, but he was the most alpha male you'll ever meet. He walked into the Pharisees with a whip. It's like it's like walking into a bank. He walked into the Pharisees, flipped over their tables, and chased them out with a whip. He was six four and jacked. Like Jesus was that guy, right? He was a revolutionary. He was a revelationary. He was a leader. And all of us have that in us. And we're supposed to walk that path, right? He built his community. And that's what we're supposed to do. So, you know, if the more people that see that, the better are, that's how you win. That's how you take back the politics. And, you know, that's what I'd, I'd like to see for the world. Brett, you are so fucking cool. There you, do you did Were your kids ever in school? No, I um, I, I had been educated to be a teacher, actually. So, you went to college to be a teacher. Yeah, I went to my uh, bachelor's program to be a uh -huh. teacher, and um, I really didn't take it that seriously. I think that was actually my advantage. I was always kind of like a, a B student who floated through school and just wanted to get drunk and chase girls. Like that's what I did. Um, and then when I was about somewhere in my junior year of college, I was like doing my um, observations wow. and my student teaching. And I was like, wow, I'm, I'm about to be in the real world. I better like start paying attention to this stuff. So I said, okay, Brett, all right, let's focus. So I said, I am going to be all about this now. And from my junior and senior year of college, I did very well. And I started watching the mainstream media all the time. I said, I'm going to understand this world. I'm going to, I'm going to watch Fox News and CNN, and I'm going to understand this world. <laughs> so I was watching Fox News and CNN through my junior and senior year of college and studying everything they told me to study and starting to figure out the world a little bit. Um, and then I, I got out of college. I got my job working in the teaching profession, and um, I went to my master's program. I, again, I was taking it seriously at this point. I graduated my master's program with a 4.0 GPA. And I remember when I got out of that, I was like, all right, I took this seriously. I don't think I learned anything of value. That was my thought on it. Damn. Um, it was nonsense. And I saw the indoctrination. I remember at my graduation ceremony and it was the most, it was one of the creepiest things I've ever experienced. I was sitting there with my now wife and we're sitting there at the graduation and um, every speaker that went up, um, every speaker that went up, um, the first thing they did, and this, this, these things go on for hours, all these speakers, and every one of them went up and said, I would like to thank diversity. And I, I leaned over at my wife because it was so funny after a while. I leaned over at my wife and I was like, I think diversity has replaced God. <laughs> you know, because yeah, that's yeah. God, right? So yeah. it's like they all fake diversity. I was like, what is this? What is this indoctrination? So I was waking up to the world a little bit. And then I um I came across this guy, Richard Grove. A friend told me about him. And he was like, listen to this guy, Grove. So I listened to Grove and I was like, this guy's an idiot. Okay. This guy's an idiot. Richard Grove. I don't know him. Uh he he does the um the Peace Revolution podcast, and okay. it is tragedy and hope. What a legend. Um, okay. So at the time, so I looked into Grove, and he, he made a lot of claims. And I was like, you know, I'm a researcher. Like, my background was doing history research. So I was like, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. 
Well, after about three days, I realized that I was in fact the idiot. Mm. That this robe was amazing. And I started absor- absorbing what he was saying. And then can you give me a specific example of something that he enlightened you on? We had a, a guy uh, on here. I can't remember his last name, uh, Xavier something or another. I forget his last name, but basically he tried to prove Candace. He was going to make it his mission to prove everything Candace Owen said was wrong. And then he realized everything she said was right. And he got, he red pilled himself. And it sounds like that it's that kind of happened to you. There's this guy, Richard Grove. You wanted to prove everything he, he was saying was wrong. And then you're like, Oh shit, he's right. Yeah, in three days, he convinced me that I had to completely throw out what I had been taught in school and my world uh-huh. and start piecing together what the world really was. And um, and I, I'll get into that. There's layers to that. Like uh, a few of the one of the things I was looking into, um, he was talking about the history of eugenics. Right. Mm-hmm. And how that wasn't a Nazi movement uh, that they actually adopted that movement from America. I was like, that can't be right. That you know, we're the good guys. And not not that the Nazis are the good guys; they suck too. But right. So I started looking into the history of eugenics, and then you find out, wow, okay, he was right. Like the Nazis did get their ideas <laughs> from America, and right. the billionaires in America, like the Rockefellers, is like, wow. And then you start looking into the funding, and right, and you're like, wow, this stuff's a lot more complicated than than I was taught. So like stuff like that, where you really start looking into. Um, what it was, he, he was talking about the agenda 21 stuff a lot, like beyond, I was kind of right wing. So I was like, Oh, I don't know about this whole climate change thing. But beyond that, like he started talking about the agenda 21, how the whole thing was part of a psychological operation. And they were using that to ultimately strip nations of their sovereignty and to strip, um, strip people of their property rights and, and things of that nature. Right. Um, so you start looking into that and you're like, wow, this guy really, he understood a lot of things that I didn't understand about the world. And then, so I was like, all right, I have to throw out what I was taught because what I was taught was nonsense. But the beautiful thing in that is when I did that, I said, okay, I was taught all this stuff in school and no one had ever like talked to me about this stuff. Like no one ever brought up the federal reserve to me or or any of these things. So like, I never even thought about them. And I was like, wow, okay. So I now identified that what I was taught was bold. But what I had to do was not just adopt a new worldview. I didn't want to do that. I said, okay, I have to make sure this never happens now. Because I just graduated from my master's program. And I nearly got into my adult life believing nothing but nonsense. So I said, I had to analyze my own systems of thinking and make sure that I had systems in place that would make sure that I would not never be fools, we're all fools, but would be able to protect myself from these manipulations in the future. And that's actually a concept that Grove introduced called intellectual self-defense. And intellectual self-defense is the idea of one, having an understanding of logic And two, being able to separate what you have determined to be true for yourself, what you have heard and sounds good and you think is true and is in in alignment with the things you know, but you don't really know, right? Um, And and then things you don't know. And here's an example of that that I could give that it's really a fun assignment that I did for the homeschool community. I, 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 because it's such an interesting topic and there was so much, um, you know, mystery about it. So 
one of the things I did a unit study on was the Georgia Guidestones. Um, for anyone not familiar with the Georgia Guidestones, there's these creepy stones that were erected in like, um, I don't know, like 1980, 1981 in, um, in, in Georgia. They're on, they're on some like mountainside or hillside, right? I think I went and saw them once. They are. You take a gondola up to see them or something. Oh no, no, I haven't seen those. Never mind, I haven't seen those. They are directly positioned on the highest point in Georgia. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of thought went into these things. So, so what is that? The, what, what 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 writing is that? Okay, you'll tell us. No, sorry, go ahead. They they basically have ten commandments on them, and the commandments are basically like what you would expect from the United Nations. There, we want to reduce the population to five hundred million. A lot of social justice nonsense, like that type of thing. That uh, shit's on those. Yeah, that's what's on the stones. And to make them creepier, they are. Someone needs to knock those down. Has anyone knocked those down yet? Yeah, someone bombed them. Oh, they good. Are, they are um, inscribed in twelve different languages, eight modern languages, and four ancient languages: Latin, um, whatnot. Egyptian. So these 10 commandments are inscribed into stone. Why do you keep calling them the 10 commandments? Isn't that like, uh, uh, that that didn't God give us the 10 commandments? I'm sure they did that on purpose. They put, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. Right. I mean, yeah. Okay. They're trying to hijack it. Like they tried to hijack, like they hijacked the word. They fucked us with using the word equity and equality to confuse us. They fucked us with, they're trying to fuck us with the word gender and sex. Now they're just, they're trying to take the 10 commandments. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and they, they were doing it for um, the shock value. Like, they, this was well thought out, what they did here. Okay. But um, Is this some college kids project, by the way? Is this like, like hey, this is my fucking, I got a PhD because I got these stones put up there? Well, I'll get into that. So Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. These stones obviously led to a lot of conspiracy theories in the truther community and the awake community over the years because of the nature of them. And how couldn't they, right? I can't so, believe this is fucking real. Sorry, Brett. This is fucking real. It says on there maintained humanity under 500 million. Yeah, read There's them out. fucking 8 billion people here already. How the fuck are we going to do that? Read, read them out for the people. Read them out. Uh, the, uh, the inscription. Don't tell me what to do on my own show. No, I'm just joking. Uh, number one, maintain humanity under 500 million. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. <sighs> Uh, three, unite humanity with a living new language. Four, rule, passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Let Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Uh, number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Uh, number nine, prize, truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. Number 10, uh, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Meaningless hogwash, except for number one is a little scary. Yeah, so all, all creepy stuff, right? So, but obviously that's going to lead to a lot of conspiracy theories. Well, none of them mean anything except the first one. The rest of them are just bullshit uh, uh, rhetoric. Uh, but that first one, is like, we got a metric there. That's kill 7 uh, billion, 500 million people. I mean, that's, well, that's a fucking weird one. Yeah, well, like guide reproduction, right? That's like one of the ways they want to do it. Like that. Yeah, wishy washy shit. Yeah. Yeah. And dangerous. Um, so, and, and they did a lot. Like a lot went into this. They, they unleashed, um, they unveiled the statues on March 22nd, which for people that are in the conspiracy world, and they knew this, um, that's March 22nd. 
three two two. What is three two two? It is the um, significant numerical marking of skull and bones, right? So they they did all this stuff. It was well thought out. So a lot of so I was like, all right, when it was in the news a few months back because someone bombed it, and I said, all right, this will be a fun assignment for high school kids because it'll get them interested, right? It's very mysterious. But I was like, all right, I got to figure out what these things are for myself first. So I started doing my digging. And for years, I had heard all of these conspiracies related to the Georgia guys. So, you know, I don't know. So anyway, I started looking for, I figured this these had to be built and they had to be paid for, right? So I started trying to track the construction companies, the contractors, and the banking, the financing. And I was able to, I was able to track down the banker who was um, in charge of the financing of it. And I was able to track down um, the construction company that um, the contractors that, you know, put up the stones. Right. Um, I think it's like the, I want to get this wrong, like the Elberton County granite company in Georgia or something like that. Um, This is good stuff. I'm loving this. So then I, I, I tracked down the names of the head of those companies and to see if they had said anything about it. And what I actually found is that I believe in 1981, the, um, the head of the Elberton County Granite Company actually released a pamphlet, a 50-page pamphlet explaining their role in the building of the Georgia Guidestones. So I, I, I was able to track down that pamphlet, print it out, and... What I found is this pamphlet was clearly part of their contract with the people, whoever paid for it to be built, because the pamphlet wasn't their role. It was a manifesto of the people who, um, whoever wanted the guidestones put up, this is what they stood for. This is what they believed in. This is why they did it. Right. Um, so now I actually had in eight hours of research, gotten further into understanding what the Georgia Guidestones were than every conspiracy theorist and truther that I had ever heard speak about it for years, right? And so that's the assignment. And what we go over is how I went about that, right? That I was like, all right, well, what could we find out? What could we know? We can know this had to be paid for, had to be built, which means there had to be bankers, there had to be, well, likely bankers and likely construction companies, right? Funders. We were able to track down the companies. Then we were able to track down the document they released to it. And then in that document, you could clearly see through reading it. It's not written by the company. It's written by, it's released by the company. It's written by whoever put up the stones. And they, um, these people were really obsessed with Stonehenge and they were purposely trying to make something that would be mysterious enough that it would um, become eternal and priceless. And they, they did a great job with it. I mean, in terms of what their goals were, right? Everyone's, oh, what is this? It's so mysterious, right? It's written in all these languages, three, two, two. And, and they, they took it a step further. The, the guy who was the in charge of the project, the construction guy, was a 32nd degree Scottish Rite Freemason. Um, multiple members of the project were 32nd or 33rd degree Freemasons. They had the um, transcriptions for the languages done by the United Nations. Now, does that mean the United Nations did the transcriptions? I mean, was uh, behind this? Maybe, right. maybe not. That's, see, that's how I separate what I know from what maybe, right? Right. They, they sent the transcriptions to the United Nations 
and paid a translator through the United Nations to translate them into these different languages. Now, does that mean this was a official United Nations sanctioned thing? Maybe, maybe not, right? right? So you could start to separate what you know from conjecture, and then you have ground to stand on in your worldview. You have what I call intellectual self-defense. Now, what do I think the Guidestones were? Doesn't really matter. I mean, what I think is they were probably put up by um, a small group with a lot of means. Like, I don't, I don't think it was a United Nations project. I don't think it was a Freemasonic project. I actually think it was probably like a small culty group who had a lot of means and had a very strong understanding of how to make art. Um, was it on public land? They, they own the land. They do. Or no, you know what? That's a good question. I, I have to look. I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak. Uh, Damien Castro. Can we, Stefan, can we get a timeout and bring everyone up to speed? Okay. You're, you are looking at Brett Pike. Uh, I found Brett through uh, Instagram. Funny to do this at the hour mark because his Instagram account offers endless tools for things you can do with your children at home if you want to raise your kids and make better kids, stronger kids, smarter kids, kids that know how to think for themselves. And then from there, out of his Instagram account, uh, he has a website where he's written a series of books. Um, they the uh, Cubs to Bears uh, children's series. And he is, in my mind, uh, if more people don't do what – parents need to look at this guy as an example of how you should raise your kids. That's it. That simple. I I, I saw what he's doing, and and not only that, he offers you the resources so that you can follow in his footsteps. And so I was like, shit, I got to meet this guy because my whole life is dedicated to raising my three boys – two six-year-olds and an eight-year-old. And I thought, man, this guy's right up my alley. And a ton of people ask me questions. The, the most basic questions I get, by the way, Brett, are um, I, I, how, how do I do it? Me and my wife both have a job and we can't afford for one of us to quit our job and, and raise the kids. Yeah, well... You have an answer to that? You You don't have to follow a typical public school schedule. So, you know, you can do the schooling in off hours. You could do the schooling on the weekends. You can um, get involved. But, but, but you're still sending them to the hive. I just want to be completely crass and blatant. I think it's fucked up to send your kids to public school. And I know that's a pretty uh, uh, sweeping generalization, but I just – like part of me, why, why don't you just answer with, well, fucking move somewhere where, where you can live off of just one salary? Well, like, I mean I, I myself would do that, but – if someone's in that situation and they feel like they can't quit the jobs there, you can still, there's plenty of people that homeschool in that situation. And that looks different for every family. That might mean on a Monday they're with their grandparents, or that might mean on a Tuesday they're with a local co-op of other homeschool families. Right. right? So there's many different ways to structure it. Um, You have to find what works for your family, but you have such flexibility in doing it that, if people are making excuses, it's really just excuses. Right. Like, so th- these friends of mine who homeschool their kid, um, one day a week, every, uh, their kid goes to the beach and they do an outside uh, oceanography class because I live in Santa Cruz, California. So the kids literally spend one day every week and, and that's their homeschooling to go there for it's like a, a four hour class. And, and that can be a component of it. So you can get your work done. 
shotgun or whatnot. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, it's tough. I, I, you know, one of the things that you push is to have kids and to get married. You think this is something that people should talk about ahead of time? My wife and I didn't talk about any of this. We were, you know, I mean, we were older at the time. She was 39. I was 43. But she's like, hey, I want to have a kid. And we just had one. But but I feel like nowadays, like maybe you should talk about it. Be like, hey, you do not want to send your kid. You, you don't. Right. Do you agree with me on that? You don't want to send your kid into the public school system that it's a complete shit show and brainwash factory. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the public school system. Yeah, I mean, if people heard the stories that I hear from, like in personal consultations from families, mm-hmm. horror stories with their kids, like of stuff that happens in public school. Um, it, it's a really bad culture. And um, yeah, I would keep my kids away from it. But as far as, you know, speaking with a woman about, you know, what your goals are and whatnot, I think that you should. I would speak to my potential wife about, Hey, I want to have children. That's important. But in terms of like how you want to raise them, women are really amazing when you exhibit strong male leadership. And if you are a moral man and you really lead your wife, she will follow you. And, you know, to me, um, I don't think like working out those details, all right, well, how are we going to educate the kids? Is that important? Because I think if um, if you're doing it right, she'll follow you. And I, I think any any girl that's honest will tell you that that they'll follow a strong man. Um, you'll get the feminist types who're like, "Oh my god!" Ah, and that's only because they haven't been with a strong man. So, um, uh, do you think that, that that there's a parallel there to a politician too? Like that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a strong male figure to lead us, so that then we can uh, till the f- fields, so to speak, metaphorically speaking, so that we can stay home, raise our kids, uh, make the food. We're just looking for a strong male moral figure to follow. I, I think the politicians are. Men acting like I, I think the people that follow politicians are almost like men acting like women. Right. They're like looking at this man, they're like, lead me, I need your strength, right? It's like the human psychology of it, where you should be channeling into your own strength. And and you see the nature of women in politics, actually, because what you find is that single women tend to be liberal because they cling on to they follow that strong male leadership. Right. And they they the state becomes their husband, their state becomes their dad. Right. Whatever it might be. But what you see is when women get married, they overwhelmingly shift to being more conservative. And and that represents we don't need dependence on the government. My husband. Right. The personal responsibility. Right. That's what it represents. So in the nature of how women vote, you could actually see the general nature of women that they will follow strong male leadership. Well, it's funny you say that because every liberal couple that I know that gets married, it ends up they end up they, they end up being miserable, all of them, I, I, without exception. And I and I and my perspective, and it is biased, but it's because the first couple of years the man is so nice to them, and they think that's what they want. Not that there's anything wrong with uh, being nice, but then they realize they didn't marry a leader. They married someone who just does whatever they want and is just complacent and a follower, and and that's not what they want. I, I maybe we should so we don't freak people out. We should define what it means to uh, a, a leader because, um, because I feel like I lead my family, but I don't make like I. 
I lead my family, but, but I don't, um, my wife has her roles that fall into, into that leadership that I have no say over. Like my, yeah, that, that doesn't mean you're dominating your wife, right? That's yeah. Like I don't tell her what I want for fucking dinner. I lead right. so that, so that she, she's safe to make dinner of her choice for the family. Right. I like, I never say but, to my wife, make me dinner. She just, she just, yeah. Does make me yeah. Dinner. Or I don't say, Hey, I want stick. Well, I mean, maybe I might say it like if I'm just working on like some sort of dietary issues, but I don't tell, I don't tell my wife, Hey, I need steak Monday, this Tuesday, this Wednesday. Hey, this kids need to do this math today. This, t-. like I just lead. And then, and then she, 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 she leads her portion too. It's, it's, is there, is there a way to articulate that? Because I know people want to push back and be like, Oh, this is some chauvinistic shit. No, I mean, what leadership means is first by example, right? So, like, let's talk about my own personal life. Okay, please. I. It's my favorite part of the show. I don't ever drink alcohol. Good on you. I don't spend any time doing the mindless entertainment stuff. I don't watch football. I don't do all that stuff, right? Uh-huh. Um, I don't watch pornography. Good. Right? That's disrespectful to my wife. I. Why spend- is that disrespectful to your wife? Why is pornography disrespectful to your wife? Because you are replacing her sexuality with other women. Right. Fair. Okay. Fair. Okay. And and it's very detrimental because we have a built-in magnet that is designed through nature to solve our disagreements and our problems. Like, you are a man who doesn't masturbate will always have that pull toward his wife, right? Mm. Like, she's that attraction to him. Um and You're taking away that power that she has over you that she you have to give to her that she should naturally have over you. But it's not it's not about the power. It's about an energy, right? Like an energy, okay. Right? Like you know, like when you when you're young, right, and you first meet a girl and like you're in that ooh phase, right? Like you're just like crazy about her, right? Like there's that energy. We all have that energy. It just it, it dissipates a little bit when you're with someone for a long time. And then when people start watching porn, it really goes away. But like you know, me and my wife, like, I'm crazy about my wife. Like, she's the best. And that's because I don't watch porn, right? And that helps because, like, you know, sometimes you get in fights and, like, you're bickering at each other. But, like, you have that spark and it, you kind of get over all that, right? So, it's, like, it's a very powerful thing. So, you don't watch porn. You don't drink alcohol. Um, you don't waste your time. You, like, don't watch the football game while she's getting, you know, she has one kid on her nipple, um, the other kids are running around the room and, you know, she's all stressed out. Like, no, you got to be there. You got to be present. And then I'm constantly working, right? I'm working, working, working. I'm building up a business. All my energy is going into it. I'm, um, I'm outside. I'm watering the plants. I'm taking care of the garden. I'm growing our food, right? Like she is seeing my leadership to the point where. God, um, your life sounds like my life, by the way. I do drink a little bit of alcohol, but I don't do porn and I don't do mindless sports and I take care of the garden and I'm building the business. And my yeah, wife believe and my wife believes in me too. She doesn't get in my way. She believes in me. I'm not holier than that either. Like I'm not criticizing right. that you drink some alcohol, right? Like, right? Right, 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 right. But I wish I didn't. I, I I can drink alcohol and know it's wrong. It's it's okay. I I wish I didn't. I but but I fucking I get smashed every once in a while. Yeah, but right. But at the same time, it's like there's a difference between, you know, drinking now and then versus like a dad who's always drunk. Right. It's a big right, difference. Right. Right. Um, so like I, I live the leadership and I protect the family. Right. I'm very strong with that. And because of that, 
when I looked at my wife and I said, I said, babe, I think it's time we have to sell the house and move across the country. She was like, yeah, you think so? And I was like, yeah. Okay. Right. Not right. even. Okay. Right. Right. Um, in the midst of a pandemic, when everyone's freaking out, um, I looked right at my wife and I said, let's have a baby. And again, there's no like, yeah, is the time what's going on in the world? Like she wasn't scared of anything going on in the world. Cause I don't allow my family to be scared of anything yeah. going on. Right. I got it. So because of that, she looked right at me and she was pregnant that month. So, you know, you know, yeah, 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 ah! yeah, 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 yeah. For me, yeah. it was a little different for me. My wife told me she wanted to get pregnant That's awesome. and I was, and I was just like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Never say no to that. You, I mean, yeah, that's your strength. That's your wealth. Yeah. And I think that is what it was. I think it was strength and wealth had finally come around. I was 43 and she was 39 and she felt it's funny. I never, I've never thought of it like that. I always thought of it. She saw other chicks with babies and she saw women breastfeeding. She's told me, Hey, I want to try that. Yeah. That's awesome. I God, mean, that's I'm so glad she did. I can't imagine not having kids now. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. What a waste my life would be without kids. Exactly. What a waste. Um, and, and then, um, so, so the moving thing, so then you, it's funny you say that. So when I lost my job, I came home I told my wife, I said, Hey, I don't want to lose this house no matter what. And she's like, okay. I'm like, so I'd rather live in a van with the kids than, than lose the house. I'd rather like us move into a van and rent out the house, um, before we lose the house. And she's like, yeah, whatever you want. And I was like, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like. But that's, that's yeah, yeah, whatever you want. The manner through which you lived your life around her, and she, she, if you were like some cuck man, like the yeah. like that girl you described, yeah, who's a follower, yeah, she's freaking out. She'd be way too scared. She'd be like, no, right? But yeah. she wasn't scared. She said, oh, yo, we can do that. Okay, yeah, yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, crazy. It's so nice being in a relationship like that. Um, do you think that? Um, uh, uh, complementarianism. I think that's what um, uh, Stephen Flores is saying. That that must be, it sounds like some sort of uh, thing where a, a man and woman uh, complement each other. Complementarianism is a theological view in Christianity and Judaism and Islam that men and women have different but complementary roles and responsibilities in marriage, family life, and religious leadership. Complementary and it's uh, and it cognates are uh, currently used to denote this view. Yeah, it, well, you, you you probably see this one. I see this one almost every day with my kids. If I'm getting upset at the kids or my wife's getting upset at the kids, um, one of us will come in and relieve the other person in a way that's ideally humbling for, for so that but not so the other person feels bad. Right. So like I'm in there and I'm and my wife hears me yell at the kids. How many times have I told you to put your pants on? Stop swinging from the lamp. She'll come in and be like, you got this. You, you, you I, I can give you five. And I'm like, I'll take the five. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like there's a there's a um because you don't we we have this rule in the house like if you yell if you're yelling at the kids not that there's not a time to yell at them the lion does need to roar but um you don't want to teach your kids that being out of control is a way to handle a situation like I like my kids to see me in control and if well, my yeah. wife sees me out of control she'll she'll give me a little let me get five minutes of space but without fucking emasculating me or yelling at me or or making it seem like me and her aren't on the same team. 
Well, you you just gave another example of your leadership, right? So right. when when there is when the kids are acting up and someone has to be the bad guy, yeah, I'm always the bad guy. Me too. Mom, me too. Me too. Oh, I'm always the bad guy. Not her job to ever have to be the bad guy. Yep. <clears throat> Uh, tell me why that is. I, I have a reason for that too. I always, I'll always, if I, I always want to be the bad guy. Tell me why, why you do that. I have my thoughts on that too. Because they, they spend most of their time with mom. Uh huh. Such a, a big responsibility <clears throat> and burden being with them that if she has to be the, the disciplinarian, then she's going to be so stressed out. Like it's a very stressful thing to, we're playing, yeah. we're disciplining. No, I have to create an environment that the children know you will never, ever disrespect your mother. You can do a lot of things in this world. Yeah. But if you disrespect your mother, you will not be in this world. Right, right. You can't even joke like this with mom. You can't even raise your hand. You can't call her dumb. You can't nothing. Straight to the garage and we're going to have a talk. Because now you created the environment. Again, through your leadership, you created the environment for her where she can be the fun, loving, yeah. natural, nurturing yeah. person that she is. She doesn't want to have to be the the disciplinarian. That's it's not fair to her. I tell my kids this too, Brett. I when I when I have them, I'm like, "Hey dude, you you are going to hate yourself in hindsight if you ever do anything bad to mom." You ha- like don't even worry about her. You are going to sc- I I've seen you guys Any time you guys have ever been mean to her, 10 minutes later, you're crying. Never call her a name. Never have a bad thought about her. Never joke around about wrestling her. She just think of her as just untouchable. And 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 they're starting to get it. Like, I'm like, you only hurt yourself if you're mean to your mom. You need to be mean to someone. Be mean to me. I love you no matter what. Come hit me. Come talk shit to me. Tell me you hate me. Never to mom. And and not only that, but I, I take them away from mom when I discipline them. So that she's not stressed out by that. Because I know uh, inherently she wants to come intervene, right? She wants to come protect them. She's the nurturer. So if I'm going to like, if they're in the, if, if they're like yelling and, and upset about something, I'll take them to the garage and we'll have our talk there. And maybe we'll have some discipline there, you know, burpees until I'm tired of watching them do burpees. But, but I don't do it in front of mom because I don't want mom to get stressed out by it too. You know what I mean? Well, and, and there's also the subconscious aspect of it that, how is your wife going to respect you uh-huh. if you just allowed someone, even if it's your children? Right, right. In her subconscious, <clears throat> you just allowed someone to disrespect her. Yeah. And tolerated that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It's weird how all of these things, um, it's interesting how all of these things come naturally too. This wasn't like things that I had. Well, I had a pre- I had a pretty strong mom. I guess a lot of these things maybe I learned from my mom. My mom d- never allowed us to disrespect her ever, ever. Not e- not even a tiny bit. Not even like joke. You weren't even allowed to like joke. Like I wasn't even allowed to like joke punch my mom. And and I and I think that set a uh, good uh, a pre- precedent for me. Um, uh, you're, you, do you sell a whole, um, homeschooling, um, uh, curriculum or like from uh, K through 12? Yeah. So we, um, we started building our curriculum January 1st of 2022 and you're amazed by how much we have built out so far. And we have K through 12 curriculum. We don't cover everything quite yet. Um, but we have a K through 12 curriculum. 
that is, in my opinion, unlike anything else out there that is more valuable in a lot of ways than anything else out there. It is designed, everything is designed for critical thinking over memorization, the development of real skills for the real world, and getting children entrepreneurial experience so that they can learn to function in the real world. And I mean, we, we study history and we learn to get back to primary documents. We study science and we do it by developing a relationship with the scientific method. And everything is hands-on, it's interactive, and it's the way that children should be learning. So, um, and, and it's teaching them how to see the world, not only to um, develop the skills they need to function in the world, like our children should be carpenters and they should be engineers and they should be artists and they should have real skills and know how to build things with their hands. Um, the entrepreneurial experience, they should know how to function in a society, but they should also be able to know how to see through the bull. They should have intellectual self-defense. They should understand how to identify propaganda, understand logical fallacies, how to see manipulation. Um, and everything we do is designed to teach children just that. Um, uh, let's say the whole COVID thing. Let, let's say you were to teach, would you, would you teach it? Well, I guess it's a little scary for young kids. I actually created a whole unit study we have. It's one of my favorite unit studies on the <clears throat> medical industrial complex. So you don't have to show them the scary things. What you do is you teach them how the medical industry functions um, as an industry, right? So you show them how to track the funding, the legislation, how the legislation gets written up, the role that the lobbyists play in that legislation, right? The connection that the funding has to the bills that get put in front of Congress and how they get passed, right? The documented history of corruption, the opioid crisis, the court documented um, ramifications of the opioid crisis, like Purdue Pharma being fined, whatever it was, $4 billion for kickbacks and bribery. Um, so you show them all of the corruption and how the institution functions as a system, right? Systems thinking. And then they'll understand the ancillary things for the rest of their lives. Like, uh, like there's things like this, like, um, homelessness is a, um, is a, uh, misnomer. So, so, you know, there's, there's, there's some hierarchy, right? So you, you need to breathe and then, and then probably you need to, uh, eat and, uh, sleep and then probably, and then there's uh sex and then there's shelter, right. Kind of on the, on the on the outsides. And those are kind of like the things you need to do as a human being. And these people that they call homeless, what they've done is they've allowed their desire for drugs to interfere. It's, it's probably goes breathing for them, then drugs, then food uh, and shelters like down the line. Right. And so what, what I feel like a society is say, same with COVID. So COVID was um, a, um, was not the issue. It was a symptom of an obese society. So no one was dying of COVID per se. It was the straw that broke the camel's back. There's not one healthy person who died from COVID. I want to, I want to give you an example of like, um, uh, CNN, uh, 16 year old healthy died COVID. Let me show you, let me show you this. I don't know if you're going to be able to see this, but so this is, I think this is the problem. Um, th and this is why people don't like Trump, unfortunately, too. Um, 
because they see, they believe this. I don't know if you can see this on your screen, but it's a it's a it's a boy who's probably supposed to weigh 120 pounds who weighs 320 pounds. He's 200 pounds overweight. He's so fat that his ears are pushed into his head. And it says healthy teenager took precautions, died suddenly of COVID-19. So it's not a healthy teenager and he could not have taken precautions, right? It's, it's like, um, it's like, uh, uh, holding onto your pillow when you jump out of an airplane. I, I don't consider that a precaution. <laughs> um, and then he suddenly died of COVID-19 and there was nothing sudden about it. It was years of uh, poor diet. Um, how do we protect our kids? I see everyone falling for that shit everywhere fucking around me, even the smartest people in the room. Well, first, how do we first, how do we inoculate our kids from that? So, first of all, the kids shouldn't be watching the screens, right? Like our kids shouldn't be for watching sure, for sure using that. So, like that, that's a big part of the programming. Um, and then. Like, I don't even want my kid to believe in God. I want my kid to pursue God. I want my kid given the tools to pursue God. These are some really powerful tools to pursue the unknown. If you so get the wild hair up your ass to do it. Right. I I like that a lot. I like how you worded that. And um, it kind of goes to the same thing as this, what I talked about with the medical industrial complex study, right? You teach them how institutions function as systems, the systems thinking. Okay. Um, I, another example would be the media, right? Like with, from that. So another study we do is on the media industrial complex. And we start off by having the children read pages 170 to 205 of the Congressional Church Committee report. And in that report, the funding from the Rockefellers, the CIA, all of that is documented, right? How the CIA spent billions of dollars buying off mainstream news journalists. Then we go into the affiliations of the people who run these companies, Council on Foreign Relations affiliations, Bilderberg affiliations, trilateral group affiliations. Um, then we study the parent corporation. So you think you think they're watching this wide variety of different shows, but if you track who actually owns the corporations, there are six parent corporations that control 90% of media, and of those six parent corporations, almost all of them are controlled by either BlackRock and Vanguard, right? So there are actually very few people who decide what goes on to television. So the choice is an illusion, which is why anyone who works for the Disney company, right, which includes all these different stations, like Disney includes ABC and ESPN and a million other stations, none of those people, and, and they've admitted this, you could show them the anchors online none of them are allowed to go against the narrative, right? Right, right, right. So it appears that all of these people are saying be scared because their money and their careers and their so their, their precious little social status, these pathetic people, um, all hinges on them being in line, being in agreement with that. Is that and that's because they, they lack the moral they, they lack the moral integrity or the values to to, to step out of line. I mean, to me, they're like the worst type of people because they put aside, they've put aside morality and are actively harming other people, knowing they're telling lies. Um, at least, I mean, I can't speak for all of them, but a lot of them know they're lying. Um, which what is do you think? Of, 
um, there's this thing I've noticed. It's just my own personal uh, anecdotal that the the coolest kids, the best kids that I see, the older kids are the ones who do have don't have access to cell phones. Like I met this kid the other day, a 15 year old kid, and I'm like, God. I'm just I'm like you're so fucking cool and then the more I get to talk to him I'm like oh he didn't get a cell phone till he was 15 and it started making me think I'm not giving my kid a cell phone till he's 17 and I hear parents saying the stupidest shit like well I got him it for safety I'm like what you you you, you maybe you, you got it for him for safety like it, it's a walking porn fucking uh uh library but, but one more thing I'd like to introduce a thought to you that I had just um, I'm 50 years old and uh, uh, Brett, the first time I ever saw anyone have sex, it was me. Right. Like, I'm like oh, my God, I'm, I'm having sex. Right. I was 18 years old. Nowadays, that, that's got to be so rare. Probably most boys who have sex now have already seen 200 other or a thousand other men have sex before them. It's real. It's really detrimental. And- and I was really tripping on that. I was like, I wonder if I can keep my boys from seeing intercourse before they have intercourse. It, it almost seems like it's unfair to the boys, like you're ruining it for them. Like you got out to – like someone's – I hate to be so crass and superficial, but like you get out to uh, Christmas time and someone's already fucking unwrapped your presents and played with your toys. It's like fucked up that you, you see other people having sex before you get to see it. Now, now think of it like this. Yeah. They have the ability to make these things difficult for children to get access to. And we know that because the gambling industry, they made it difficult for children to get access to, right? In order to get access to the gambling websites, right? provide proof of identification that you're 18 years old, Right. right? So they have the ability to do that with pornography so that pretty much only adults could get access to it. And they've chosen not to do that. Wow. Wow. Wait, take it a step further. Then do some research on the history because the CIA and all these groups know this. The history, the military, of how pornography has been weaponized for military function in the world. And that will blow your mind. You'll say, wait a second, they know this and they're making sure our kids can access it. I don't understand. How, how would you militarize pornography just to neuter men? Basic idea behind it. Um, so if you look up, look that up with Palestine, um, look that up in World War II with um, Germany, right? And uh, the, all those guys were real, you know, good with psychology and all that stuff. They knew what they were doing. Um, this, this stuff has been weaponized. The government's aware of it. And... They allow our children to see it, and I don't think that's by mistake. God, I never even thought of that. You're, you're in. You're right. Um, I got kicked off of Instagram with the blue check mark and a hundred thousand followers for not saying anything that isn't being said now. Like everyone, everyone knows now. It came, you know. Everyone. It was just a COVID talk, but it's all. It's all stuff that's out now. But they censored that, but they can't censor pornography from kids. That's amazing. That's I never thought of that. And and the whole I I learned recently that that Snapchat is basically just it's 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 basically just a um a drug ring for kids. It's basically just being used by kids to buy uh, drugs. Uh, it's a drug market. In the early two thousands, the Israeli army pinpointed one of the most detestable sins in Islam and subjected their Palestinian enemies to it in an ultimate attempt at demoralization. 
Their crude and rather extreme choices of psychological weaponry was pornography. Israeli soldiers seized control of three of the four major news stations in Ramallah and forcibly played graphic images and videos on TVs inside hundreds of homes. Not only hundreds. That doesn't sound like very many. Not only was this a moral attack, but it was a civilian attack, uh, a step beyond the traditional military, military to military warfare. Crazy. So TikTok too, that all that shit about TikTok's true. It's just China that that you see all you know the, the news is saying that it's basically uh, one of China's weapons. It's definitely a weapon. Although ironically, TikTok is much better in terms of the um, nudity stuff than Instagram and all these Western companies. And the reason I say that is if you go through my TikTok, right? If you were to go through my for you page or whatever, yeah, you would not see any skin at all so how can that be they actually allow you to change your settings so that it shows you no skin oh and wow then, wow and then again and then you go to all these western like sites, a beaverless setting uh, you can just turn off all the beaver all you do is if instagram skin, doesn't have that that would be awesome if i could do that if any skin shows up on your feed yeah. you pull down the screen and a little pop-up box pops up uh-huh. and um, you hit not interested in this. Do that for about five videos and it will never show you any skin again. TikTok or Instagram? TikTok. Now, Instagram, yeah. again, you look at the West here. So now we know that's possible. Nipple's okay on Instagram now. I'm seeing like nipple. It's crazy. They've just completely just, it's just like a free-for-all. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting. And, and they had the ability to make it where you could choose to not let that show up on your feed. They purposely want that all over your feed. God, who has time for that shit? Hey, um, how old? How old do you think you'll? Um, do you think you'll let your kids get a cell phone at fifteen? I don't want that. My my guess is that I'll probably wind up caving eventually. Um, it, it's one of my worst sins, right? Let's talk about people needing to correct personal responsibility in their life because of the nature of my job. I'm always on my phones, right? Yeah, me too. But I love it. I don't feel bad for it. Well, children learn more from what they see than what you do. So oh. I'm the constant hypocrite, right? I no, see what no, you're no, saying. They're seeing us on our phones, right? You're on that. Well, Dad, you're always on that. So one of my biggest battles that I'm going to have moving forward is that in that I need my phones because that's my work. Um, but unfortunately, that's that's one of my... Um, biggest flaws as a father. It, it seems like no one can get around. Um, uh, it seems like Amazon and Apple basically rule the roost too in terms of um, apps, right? Like, like no one can just start up their own server farm. Well, I guess I, I guess I shouldn't argue anyone's limitations, but I'm just thinking if there's if there if there if there's alternatives like like when we saw Trump get kicked off of Twitter, um, there's there's no way to do alternatives or or you know Tim Cook and Elon had to sit down and have a talk and Tim Cook had to tell him you know the CEO of Apple had to they had to come up with hey we're not going to kick Twitter out of the App Store because if Apple kicks Twitter out of the App Store it's it's the end of Twitter right I mean Apple basically rules the roost right well, by the way did you hear that Apple's thinking about buying Disney? Which would be fucking sounds terrifying. I didn't hear that. That's um, that's interesting. That's scary, right? 
it's it's more just more convergence, right? Yeah, I mean, we we need separation. I also heard that Apple has enough cash stockpiled to buy any industry in its entirety, meaning they don't have enough money just to buy one airline. They have enough money to buy every airline in the world. They don't have enough money to just buy Toyota. They have enough money to buy every car manufacturer in the world, just stockpiled in cash. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy, right? Yeah. They have enough money to buy any industry in its entirety. Uh, Disney CEO uh, Bob Iger uh, hopes... No, nope's Apple merger rumors that you probably didn't even hear. Okay, nope's. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't mean shit though, but okay. Also, the thing with uh, Twitter and Apple is there is an example of how you can get around that. And okay. Gab, right? They were kicked off of the App Store. So uh, Apple said, you can't have an app here. <clears throat> but they didn't really, they just kept going. They said, we don't care. We're not going to cave. And, um, all you have to do to get Gab on your phone is when you go to the website, you uh, click on the little bookmark area and you hit oh. add screen, and then boom, you'll it looks just like an app on your phone. You just right. Um, and, and Gab actually has their own servers, so they actually they have gained control over their social media site. They have their own servers. They've actually built out their own payment processors, which is amazing. They built parallel economies. So they're another example of we need to build because people have amazing skill sets like Torba. What he's done is amazing. Um, and there should be more people building things like Gab, parallel systems. There's no reason we can't do it. Oh, yeah. This is awesome. What is, so Gab, it's like Instagram. Yeah, Gab. It's I mean, it's like a mix of the Instagram and, and Twitter. But I mean, look at what they do. Go to their marketplace. They have a marketplace and that's all built out on their own payment processors. They're not reliant on like Stripe and all these companies. They built out their own payment processors. Um, you could do you could do marketing through their payment processors on Gab based businesses to based people like that type of thing. What does that mean? Based? I keep seeing that when you were talking, someone in the bunch of people in the comments were saying he's based. What does that mean? Um, just people who are. Um, try to live their life in truth, right? They're not like into the all the lies of the mainstream, right? They're based. They pursue the truth. Um, they try to live their life morally and virtuously. Um, Is it the opposite of woke? I, I guess. I guess the um, the root of that would be like something that's based. Like it's like you have your foot on firm ground, right? Like you're, okay, nonsense. So, so this is just a this and this definition is horrible. Uh, this is from the Urban Dictionary, I think, right, Caleb? Uh, a word yeah. used when you agree with something or when you want to recognize someone for being themselves, courageous, unique, or not caring what others think. Yeah, they. Well, yeah, they I've they seen plenty of base that. trannies. Then <laughs> they woke up that definition. Yep. Yeah, they woke it up. Good. Um, are are you are you just exploding? Uh, is 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 life good? Is is your is your passion and your purpose uh, getting a lot of attention from a lot of people? Is your shit just exploding? Yeah, we're doing great. We have um, in we we basically launched January first of last year, and we have over seven hundred members of our homeschool. Wow, um, such a blessing. Um, social media is blown up. We got seventy thousand followers on Instagram. We have. Um, probably about 300,000 between my multiple TikTok accounts. Um, Why were you kicked off of TikTok three times? What could you possibly do? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I've been kicked off a few times. Um, Why though? It's not like what do you have to do to get kicked off of there? It doesn't seem like you do anything. It seems like, I mean, you're an educator. Well, the first time I was doing a live stream on TikTok and I was going off on critical race theory. Um, you could get kicked off for that. Well, here's what happened. Yeah, so I, I got my account got um, strikes on it for critical race theory, and then I appealed it. And TikTok watched the appeal, and I actually won the appeal. They yeah. said they did not violate their terms of service. However, after that, they um, did an extreme shadow ban. And after that, no matter what I did, none of my videos would ever get beyond like 100 people. So, yeah. I, so I was like, oh, they killed this account. So I just abandoned that account, started over from scratch. Um, then I had uh, another account that had gotten up to about 80,000 followers. And I made a video on the history of environmental corruption and Maurice yeah. Strong, who was a professional con man who worked for the Rockefellers. Um, and he was like the driving force behind the original initial environmental movement. Um, I made that video and the next day I woke up and the entire account was gone. Wow. Hey, so P this is people complaining. You must've get like, they must have people going around complaining about stuff they don't like. Yeah, I don't know. So either way, I <clears throat> I just made new accounts and it's fine. I just build from scratch again, whatever. Wow. Um, what is this? Uh, Twitter uh, has started pushing divisive political and racial division to my timeline out of nowhere. It makes me think Elon has his own agenda. Are, are you an Elon Musk fan? I'm not a fan of his. I, I think he's a fraud, but I actually, I actually understand his perspective on that. Um, I, I think. What do you mean you think he's a fraud? The, it's the Neuralink shit. It's the it's the AI stuff that's freaking you out, or? Yeah, I I, I don't trust him. Um, but but with that being said, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt on like. So I I've heard him give talks on. In his opinion, he thinks one of the worst things on the internet is like the ghettoization. So it's like uh, the echo chambers. He's talked about this a lot in the past. So after he took over Twitter, one of the things I noticed is all of a sudden, um, all of like these politics that like I would never like I don't have any interest in started showing up on my timeline a little bit. <clears throat> and I think he did that on purpose where he put something in the algorithm that is designed to like only allow a certain point of um, echo chamber and then it just makes another view go in. Yeah, Instagram needs to do that too. I hate the echo chamber too. I hate being pigeonholed by Instagram into what I'm interested in. It sucks. Yeah, I mean, or, I kinda, or what they think I'm interested in. I kind of like it and don't like it. Like, yeah, I agree with the must thing. Like, I don't want that woke shit on my timeline. It's annoying. Like, I don't. <laughs> hey, I'm not to it. But know? but like so the other day, um, I, I went on vacation. Well, I not really vacation, but I, I left my house and I went to a place where there was a TV set, and I turned the TV set on, and I started exercising in front of the TV, and I put on CNN, and I ended up watching CNN for like two hours, and it was I was fucking blown away. I was so glad I got to see it because, um, they were they were it was they were talking about the Chinese balloons, and I was right away like holy shit. Um, they used to never say. Um, uh, the Chinese virus. And a matter of fact, if you did say that, they said you were racist. But now that it's a balloon, you can say it's a Chinese balloon. And it was just good for me to see that, right? It made me like scratch my head. And if I wouldn't have been at this random house where I just turned on a TV and put on CNN, I wouldn't have seen that. And I want to be able to see that shit um, 
I want that shit coming up in my feed so I know what kind of idiocy I'm kind of up against. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad thing to get perspectives. Like, yeah, you know, um, so I, like that's what I said. Like, I'll, I'll bash Musk for some things, but like that, I, I actually think he's probably pretty well intentioned based on his worldview on that. Yeah. Um, or do, do you think that um, when you see people like him, do you think go to places like, hey, he's been compromised, he's a CIA plant and shit like that? To me, I, I just look at where he's made his money and what he's done. And like, okay, funny, basically doing environmental grifts, right? Like, and he's not a, dumb, oh. right. He's made his money doing environmental grifts. Um, he's made his money. Um, he, he pushes like the neural link and like all that transhumanism stuff that, um, right. Like he defended the, the truck thing in Canada, but at the same time, he's the one bringing in the technology to replace the truck drivers. Like he kind right. of like off as like, um, like Loki to me. Like he's like the trickster. Uh-huh. Like he's just laughing and tricking and um but I don't know. He's an interesting character. I I, I don't think he's all bad. I just you know, I think he has a, a perspective and a worldview and I don't know. I don't trust him. Uh Hi- Heidi Dosman, uh supporting my favorite podcast. Keep it up. Thanks, Heidi. Hey, what about um what about uh Joe? You, do you think um, Joe is um, cognitively just completely absent? Like, do you think that uh, how, how far along do you think his deterioration deterioration is? I think he would have had a harder time saying that word. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, no, you know, he's he's gone. He's but he's it gone. Matter because he he's been a puppet from the start, right? I mean, he's not a guy that actually has any original or, um, you know true opinions he's not he just says whatever his puppet masters want and and that's why they nominated him they needed a really establishment guy and he's been a career establishment guy right um there was like that famous press conference he gave where he was talking about getting um i guess that district attorney fired in the ukraine um and then he was in the context of it he was like no no he he was talking about someone else he's like He's a good fella, right? He's a good guy. But what he was saying is he's an establishment guy. He'll lie, right? Yeah. He's a liar. Did you see the did you see the same thing happened in the Virgin Islands or, or Cameroon? Did you see that? What happened down there? No, I did not. So uh the uh, uh I think it's the Virgin Islands. Uh their attorney general there opened up a case against um a major bank. I can't remember which it was. Uh, maybe Caleb can find it in the Epstein trial. This is a couple weeks ago. Uh, th- this country, uh, the attorney general of this country, uh, brought lawsuit against a bank that was helping uh, that did fraudulent stuff with Jeffrey Epstein. A few days later, uh, tensions with Virgin Islands governor over Epstein led to attorney general's firing. Uh, two days later, uh, Joe Biden flew down there for a vacation. Wow. And uh, the next day, uh, Denise George. Uh, was dismissed of her duties. Do you mind uh, if I step off for one second? No, please go ahead. Oh, it, uh, he, he has to pee. He, he uh, I um, I outlasted a guest. That's amazing. J.P. Morgan, thank you. It's just weird how that could happen twice. You think he's peeing outside, or he went to the all the way to the bathroom? I'm gonna guess he peed outside. He's peeing on the fence, probably. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm. That's what I do. I just get up and pee. Uh, no, not a poop break. 
Come on, Barry. Be cool. Better squeeze that out quick. Be cool. He's going to shadow this kid. Or maybe he had a chew-in. I started thinking he might have a chew-in. I'll ask him. Did you spit out your chew or did you pee? <laughs> Probably put in another fat lip. Guys, his website is called uh, Classical Learner. Classical Learner. And you can just type in Brett uh, Pike into Instagram and find him. You'll be happy you follow him. B-R-E-T-T uh, P-I-K-E. Brett Pike. You will You will be, regardless if you have kids or you don't have kids or it's not... Um, We've we've gone down in the island of uh, you know politics and corruption, but that's really not what his his shit's about. I know I know uh, Brett and I have gone there, but everyone should follow him. It's just a lot of good stuff, and it's it's not even about the stuff we're talking about. It's it's uh, it, they're valuable tools on thinking and on how to raise kids. Even if you don't have kids, I get it. Um, I it's very rare that my bladder lasts longer than a guest bladder. Did you go pee, uh, Brett? Yeah, I was trying to hold it, but <laughs> I'm impressed. And did you pee outside or did you go inside? Oh yeah, right in nature. Okay, good. Okay, that. I, so I'm. I'm. Uh, and and you did not poop. You just peed. We were we were taking bets in the comments. I I said he's peeing on the fence. Caleb and I thought you were just peeing on the fence somewhere. Yeah, peeing on the fence. Yeah. All right. Well, that makes me really proud that I outlasted you. That doesn't um, happen very often. Okay. So um, what what about the what about the Ukraine? Um, it, uh, do we have any business over there? No, of course not. I mean, yeah, the, the government has business over there because they're lining their pockets. But uh, no, we have no business being there. And, you know, the, the media spins one narrative, but the United States has been in a proxy war with Russia for many years now, right? I mean, this dates back to Syria, where oh, right, right. the United States was fighting Bashar al-Assad, and they were really fighting Assad and Russia. So we've been at war with them. Right. And then within the context of that, and that's, by the way, that's a Western aggressive war. Right. So the West, you know, they're invading countries in the Middle East, left and right, you know, um, Libya. Right. I mean, Hillary Clinton's cackling. I, we came, so he died. <laughs> right. Right. So we're invading countries in the Middle East, left and right, invading Syria. Right. These are sovereign countries, you know, spreading some democracy. And because of that, you make enemies. And Russia came to the defense of their ally, Bashar al-Assad. And then as that's happening, you have America and NATO who had an agreement that they would never go east. They had an agreement with Russia that they would not move east. They kept moving their military bases further and further east until the point where their bases are, are basically surrounding Russia, right? I mean, and then it's the equivalent to of if China right now were to put military bases in Cuba, the Mexican border and the Canadian border. Um, and then we attack them. Right. And everyone's like, Oh my God, America's being so aggressive. No, you're not. You're responding to the actual aggressive, the passive aggressive, right? America, NATO, they're setting up their chess pieces. They're being passive aggressive. And if you were Russia, what would you do? And to me, um, Putin probably had to take action to say, no, get off our doorstep and we're not going to tolerate this. And, you know, people that are brainwashed in the West don't want to hear that, but that's the truth. And, um, yeah, we have no business being there. What about um, this, uh, the the pipeline? Do you think we bombed the pipeline? Oh, yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. I would and, that so. was, 
And that was to cut off their ability to uh, sell oil. Is that what that pipeline was for? They were they were using it to sell oil. You're cut. Yeah, you're cutting off their their resource, their asset. Man, you think do you, do you think the conflict's going to escalate? Um, I hope not. All right, hope me too. Um, I think I think a lot of Americans have a false view of the level of our superiority in terms of um, fighting a war, right? Like, I Well, the military is definitely in trouble. I mean, in terms of its manpower and the quality of the human being that's in the military, that's for sure. I, I think America is in the wrong here. That being said, obviously, I want America to win if there's a conflict because I'm American, right? Right, right. Um, I think from when I analyze where the world is, I actually think we would lose if a, a world war broke out. And I think America's in a very weakened position. And for example, Saudi Arabia recently at the very least talked a big game about um, selling oil in yen. Now, when you look into the Federal Reserve banking system and what makes the American dollar so powerful, um, it's because the dollar, it's really for, for a couple of reasons. One, that the dollar is backed by petroleum. There was an agreement in the 1970s that petroleum um, could only be in the a petrodollar. So right. if China wanted to buy petroleum from Saudi Arabia, they would first have to exchange their money for U.S. dollars and then buy the petroleum. Yeah. That's why the do- that's what the dollar is backed by. It's not backed by gold, it's backed by petroleum. So if you have um, Saudi Arabia breaking that agreement and now buying allowing um, petroleum to be purchased in yen, the dollar is no longer backed by that. right? And then you have the BRICS nations, right You have all of these parts positioning themselves where they're basically saying on a moment's notice, they could basically screw the dollar. Right. That's right, what they're doing. Right. 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 Or, um, and then the other part of that is that in the 1950s, so that was in the 70s and the night, uh, and they also got rid of the gold standard in the 70s, which is why they went to the petrodollar. And then in the 1950s, um, the dollar became the world reserve um, currency. Mm. That was, or for 1940s or 50s, became the world reserve currency. And basically what that means is other countries print money on a percentage based on how many dollars are printed or these days put on a computer screen, right? Um, So because of that, our money is the most powerful money in the world. But they've already began positioning themselves to erode that. And then on top of it, when you talk about fighting any type of world war, America's military, the morale is down. It's so overextended. We just lost in Afghanistan. Don't let anyone tell you differently. The um, Al-Qaeda won that war. They, they won. We lost in Afghanistan, right? Um, that's after the world saw the same thing happen with the Vietnam, right? So America's military superiority has waned. You have groups that have seen that are tired of being bullied by America. So now you have Russia and China and maybe India joining them, right? Which way is Saudi Arabia going to go, right? So 
all of a sudden this, oh, you know, we're the big bad bullies on the block. Are you sure? Right? Because if your dollar goes down and that all these militaries come together and, and good luck invading Russia or China, see how that goes for you. Right. History teaches us anything, right? So, right. you know, to me, I, I don't think America's in a stronger position as a lot of people would. And I wish we, I do wish we had some real leadership that would, um, and, and that's why as much as I bash Trump because how he handled COVID, he, he really did a good job with um, foreign policy and military policy. And I, um, I always try to look at things objectively. And um, I mean, not expanding the wars was a big deal, in my opinion. Are, are you are you from New York? Yeah. You're born there? Yes. Someone in the in the um, uh, they're trying to guess where you're from in the comments. Long Island. There you go. Hey, I, re I really appreciate you coming on. You you are just a wealth of information, and and I hope to stay in contact with you and uh, and dig further into the uh, classical uh, learner uh, curriculum. You're you're just doing great stuff, dude. The world needs more people like you. You introduced some good ideas to me too about being a builder. I really like that. Yeah, man, you're you're a leader of men. So just you know, one of the things you can do is you can encourage, especially young men to take their power back through building. And, um, you know, you make a big impact that way. Have a great day. Thank you. Um, uh, you have my contact information. If there's anything I can ever do uh, for you, uh, help you promote anything, showcase any of the things you've built. Um, uh, please let me know. Please use me as a, a, as a, as a resource, man. Yeah, man. Love it. Thanks for having me. All right. Cheers. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Bye. Oh, do I just go? Or I can kick you off. <laughs> <laughs> what a good dude. What a good dude. Wait, wait, uh, um, Amanda, I'm going to have to light you up. That You said something. I lost control. I'm not controlling. I, he was. This guy was just a powerhouse of energy. I just wanted to let him talk. What are you talking about? You, this was like in, in the first 30 minutes she said it. Oh. He's got, I, uh, I, I didn't keep it very organized, but there were so many things I wanted to ask him about. He knows so much stuff and he has so many ideas and thoughts on stuff that I kind of like, I was like, fuck, let's just let this roll. Amanda left. Well, thank you. There's one guy in there. He was going a little nuts. In the comments? Yeah. Chugs. What was he saying? Is he upset? Is he upset no, he's about? just saying everybody's a piece of shit. And that he's oh. going to last longer than anybody if there's no government because he's Native American. Oh, oh, okay. I think I saw a little bit about that. They actually started what, like YouTube started like censoring his comments. Like they cut it down quite a bit. Oh, and they did. Anybody, yeah, nobody put him in timeout. But I just noticed that they were showing up on here, but not on YouTube. Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, Church of Latter Day Saints church leadership is firmly in the NWO globalist camp. The good old Mormons. Uh, Chug, Chug went back to his reservation. Chug was drinking on the reservation. That's not nice, Jiggy. No, Jiggy didn't say that. Ch uh, Chugs was firing from the reservation. You had a little drinking joke, a little Native American drinking joke. Um, uh, Trish, uh, Chugs thinks we did not know that we're pieces of shit. Oh, we know. We're all sinners. Okay. <laughs> Nobody needs to remind us. Uh, Jenna Tolls. Uh, I, I loved it all. Well, good. 
Uh, but schools are a no for me in Utah. Yeah, who was it the other day who said that they went from they moved from California to Utah to get their kids in schools and they put them in the schools and the first thing they did when they got there was um they put their kid in a classroom and they saw there was the gay gay flag, gay pride flag up in the classroom. They're like, fuck, and they pulled their kid out and homeschooled their kid now. Uh, a friend of mine and a friend of the show said yesterday they were in the uh, supermarket and I can't remember exactly what it was, but they were standing next to someone and this person bought ice cream and wiped it down with a like a uh, uh, a cloth. Uh, yeah, like a Lysol wipe, a, a gallon of ice cream and then like a two liter of Coke and then went to the counter with it and bought it. And that's all they bought. Can you imagine that? Imagine how that bottle and the jar is probably worse than what's on that Lysol. I know it's crazy. Oh my God. Just eat that gallon of ice cream and drink that two liter of Coke. If you just want to turn off your immune system for 24 hours, you know what? I'm going to turn my, Oh yeah, it was you. I didn't want to say your name. Allison, now I see. Uh, it's like uh, you just want to turn off your immune system for 24 hours and just roll the dice. Just do it. Just go down and get a two liter Coke and a gallon of ice cream and hang out. Fuck it. And then use that public bathroom at the beach and lick the floor in there. Ugh. <laughs> what names? No, I I know genitals. No, no fucking dude from India is going to school me on names. Devesh Maharaj. The hammer. Just try to school me. School me from India. How dare you? Fucking American. He said he said one thing in there that kind of like that, that that hung on me a little bit. That Jesus was six four. No, I'm cool with that. There was a thing where he's like I don't even want to know if I want to say it because I don't know because I don't I, I just I just don't know where I stand on it because I can't articulate. It. But basically, it was the fact of showing homosexuality on TV. Oh, with the Super Bowl or the yeah, he whatever. clumped it up in there with other bad shit, and it's like I I I I, I personally like if I, if I see a show and like that's one of the themes, like um dudes dating, I won't watch the show. I, I mean I don't watch TV anyway, but but if 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 there was a show like oh, I wouldn't watch a show about like probably two fathers uh, uh, or two mothers. Like I watched the Cosby show, right? And that was a show about a man and a wife like raising their kids, right? Mm -hmm. But I just I just don't think you can just bash it. I I I can't just openly bash a show. I can't bash someone for being gay. I just can't do that. I I don't see anything wrong with um I, I don't know what that I don't know what I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't if there's a sh if two dudes want to kiss, then so be it. Like if, if that's what they want to do, if that's what they're, um, what's the word proclivity. Now, do I think a lot of people, if we I, do, I think that there's a chance that a lot of those people are fucking damaged goods. Something happened to them to throw them off course at a young age and their sexuality has been like somehow taken off course. And, uh, there's some sort of, um, and, and proclivity, a tendency to choose or do something. Yeah, like I think that there's a proclivity for kids who get molested 
to for their sexuality to get fucked up and them to either be to become gay. I think that there is some validity to that. As much as someone might hate that and be like, "Oh, that's homophobic or transphobic," it's not. I'm just, it's just algebra. I'm just trying to figure out the math, right? If your parents did something to you around food, let's say, as a kid, then you might end up with some sort of eating disorder. If someone fucking diddled your cock or put their thumb in your ass at a young age, there's a chance you might end up becoming gay or lesbian. It, it changes the trajectory of your uh, who you're attracted to. There just needs to be honest conversation about it, I guess. It can't be, there can't be like these taboos and like we're afraid to figure it out. I mean, we had we had Garrett Glinton, uh, uh, Glinton on here. I got to have her on here again. And we touched on that subject. I mean, it's a to- it's a totally it's a totally fair subject. If you're raised by vegan parents, there's a chance you'd be fucking vegan. If you fucking come across a pedophile, it could fuck you up, change your shit up a little bit. I didn't realize porn. It's it's we. I I, I I I guess I don't I don't fuck with porn too much, so I don't realize the dangers of it it's like fentanyl right it's just not it's kind of not real to me even though like that movie made me cry is fentanyl real to you yeah it is <laughs> we've used it <laughs> yeah, we had a guy i think i've told this before but we had a we gave a guy fentanyl one time when he dislocated his ankle and when we were driving him to the hospital he was like tripping out yelling at the back window saying that the grinch was chasing after him oh shit yeah I mean, obviously we were doing like, we gave him like a medicinal dose, like enough to like alleviate his pain. A medicinal dose. Like a, I guess like a more specific uh, dose. No, I mean, no. It's, it, uh, um, uh, is being gay decision? When did you decide to be straight? Yeah, no, no I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't think what I'm saying is in conflict to that. Um, if I, if I take a um, spoon and I bend it, uh, uh, it's 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 not the spoon's decision. I, I mean, what that's a, I, I think what, I don't think what we're saying, Trish. By the way, I'm reading into what you're saying, but I think you're posting that because you're thinking that um, I'm suggesting it was a decision. But but I but I but I I do suspect that a large majority of people who don't do the norm with their sexuality that it was uh, influenced by. Um, being sexualized too young. And I do, and I do believe in that. I do believe you can over, you can sexualize someone too young. Yes, I do believe that. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, so Trisha's saying, sorry, I did not think you are saying that. I think that's what he's saying. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what he was saying, but he definitely, I think he thinks that being gay is wrong which is kind of a vague word. Being gay is as wrong as, if it is wrong, um, it's as wrong as like a flower having a crooked stem in it because you put it too far from the windowsill and it started reaching for it. I mean, it's something I that's would be at the most that it's wrong. I mean, I would my 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 sexual desires are so stay in such a narrow, primitive fucking lane, like. I'm like, I can't imagine if it got outside of that lane. By that, like, imagine if you were a pedophile 
And imagine, imagine your love for your wife or your husband or for the opposite sex. Imagine just like you're a dude and you like girls. Now imagine that somehow got pointed at kids. I, I think I would have to kill myself. I know that sounds horrible, but I, I, I don't think I could do that. I don't think I could live with myself. Because that force can't be stopped. How, what, what do you do with pedophiles? And so, it's, I mean, and, and, you don't want to ask me that question. <laughs> I mean, what do you do with that? Like, um, it's like if uh, it, it would be like if I just looked in the corner of my office here and I saw plants like growing in through the corner, they had penetrated. I would have to just, there would be, I don't, wouldn't even let even a little bit of it in. I just have to, would kill it. And I would go outside and look for where the plant is and I would fucking uproot it. And I would take precautions that the plants never penetrated. It's probably pretty severe. I, I don't want them compromising the structure of it. Oh, here we go. Uh, Jethro, uh, my 14-year-old son is gay. We knew from around three years old, never sexualized. Okay, fair. All right, fair. Yeah. Oh, Jethro, oh, Jethro, what do you think about the rest of the stuff I'm saying, though? Do you think that um, – what, what, what do you think about uh, – what do you think about – You think you're just born that way, just to like in in his mind for whatever reason, um, he's attracted to men the same. I wonder if they're attracted to if gay if boys are. Yeah, I'm assuming it's boys are attracted to boys the same way we're attracted to girls. God, holy shit that that sounds almost scary to be attracted to boys. It, it almost seems like just your own built-in porn. Like that's the good thing about girls. They put a break on that shit. Like I like we've talked about before, you got to at least go out and uh if you want to get a girl, you got to like um you got to like invent a light bulb or something or build a house. Uh gays and pedophiles are completely different to consenting adults. Uh I'm not I'm not saying that they're that they're the same, Allison. I'm just I'm I'm saying that like uh if someone has a desire for something, it would just suck to be like addicted to McDonald's. It would suck. It would suck if that was your go-to. I wouldn't want my go-to to be kids, and I wouldn't want my I wouldn't want my go-to to be men either. Uh, caller, hi. Hey, it's Jethro. Hey, Jethro. What's up, dude? Yeah. So what you're saying is uh, he was always more on the feminine side, even though we never promoted him being feminine uh -huh. to the point where he was playing with dolls, never with cars, never with toy trucks. We always realized that, so we let him do what he wanted to do. To the point where he started to pretend he was wearing dresses. Right. We weren't we weren't so cool with that notion, but if it made him comfortable, then we were comfortable. And I, I even told him when he came out as gay two years ago, we said, as long as you are true to yourself and not change for anyone else, then we're happy. You think um, I'm maintaining that when how, how, how many kids do you have? Four. I got four. How did the other kids take it? Well, they saw him grow up as feminine and coming out as gay, so it was no big deal. And, and are they live, are they protective over him? Very, very, yeah, I guess. And are they other boys but, or are they girls? Two boys, two girls. So he's the second boy, and I have an older son. It's just crazy because I'm Puerto Rican, uh -huh. and you would like to think that as Hispanic people are more liberal, but to be honest. Puerto Ricans are a lot more conservative than you think. So when my mom heard about it and we told her, listen, he's come out as gay. 
she said, oh, well, he, he's still young. He still has to figure it out. Well, we knew from the beginning. It's just like, no. So she took, a, my mom took a little bit of uh, time to get to get used to it, but, oh, she's totally taken to it now, so. Uh, um, how does, does it, has it changed his, um, how, how does he dress? Just, just like a quote unquote normal boy. Okay. And, um, what about the trans thing? Has he, is he confused about that at all? Or he knows that he, he, he thinks it's weird and he hates that. Yeah. It's fucking he up. It's the weirdest, he thinks it's the weirdest thing in the world. And we told, he said, why would I ever change my sex? That's the weirdest thing in the world. I love being a boy. I'm just gay. Um, have you remember asked- he's for go ahead. When I was 14, I was like fucking crazy girl crazy. I was obsessed with girls. Is he like that with boys? No, he's not. The crazy thing is being a a, a gay male, he hangs out with all girls. Uh So the thing is, he's not around a lot of boys. Mm. Listen, I I live in a very Republican town on Long Island, New York. But the thing is, it's still kind of not normal for boys to be dating boys outright here. Now, it might be different in other parts of the country, like California. This is still New York, but it's still very conservative where I live. Thank God. Um, it's interesting that he came out at 14. Was that did it? Was it slowly or was it um, <laughs> when, when I say came out, I, I assume meaning just to talk to you and your wife? Well, we knew from the, from, like I said, around three years old, he was very on the feminine side. He always hung out with girls. He never played boys sports, but we had talked about it before. He did gymnastics. And when he got to the point where the gymnastics was kind of like getting too intense, we always thought he could dance and we always thought he would be best at that. And we, he ended up dancing. We told him, as soon as you want to start dancing, let me know. So now he's a high level dancer mm. and he loves it. But the thing is, he's uh, he's not into the dating scene. He's still 14 years old. Like, it's different male on female, I think, because you're at that age where everyone starts hanging out with everyone. He still has to find his niche of a gay community as a 14-year-old to start dating. But he'll get there. Um, any attraction to girls? Is, is it both or just boys? He thinks Billie Eilish is hot. <laughs> he thinks girls are hot but he doesn't see them that way as someone he could hang out with. God, fascinating to me. And, and what do you think? Do you think that that, if you had to guess, do you think that's the norm? That's a good question. Philip Kelly wants to know if your son has a cell phone. We'll get to that in a second. If, if, do you think that's the norm? If, if, you, if you were to put a guess on the gay population, um, and maybe it's different for men and women that most of them are born that way. And that it wasn't something that happened, some sort of experience, traumatic experience that shifted them, their sexuality. From my knowledge and experience, I can't see it as I turned into being gay. There's gotta be something in there that would say, so I think I'm totally barking up the wrong tree by even thinking that there's, there's like no truth to that. They're all born. Listen, there could be different circumstances. I mean, there are people who are bisexual. Right. What's that answer? Like if you're a dude in prison, you quickly turn bisexual. 
Maybe. But the thing is, you know what I find fascinating? Or in the Air Force. Or in the Air Force. (laughs) Sorry, just seeing seeing Caleb's listening. I'm seeing Caleb's listening. All right. And I had this conversation with my wife this weekend. There are a lot, I've seen it more now. There are a lot of women who are married and attracted to feminine and attracted to feminine men. Yes. To the point where like, how are they married? He's obviously gay. Like Cristiano Ronaldo. Is that dude gay? That soccer no. player dude. He's not gay. I don't think he's gay. He's married and has like three kids. I don't know if that means anything. He looks gay as shit to me. Maybe it's just because I want him to suck my dick, but he looks gay as shit to me. He's he's manicured, but I don't think he's gay. All right. So, so you're, you're, you, you, because of what you've witnessed, you, but you do think that, that it is, even if something, even if you did have some experience that pushed you towards being gay, you already had it in you. Yeah. Yeah. That just helped you along. Man, I was one fucking hair away from being gay then. I feel that, I feel that shit creeping, but, but I got it way under control. You might have been, buddy. I, David, easy, buddy. Easy. Seven, he, David just said seven on your gay. What, what, about a, what about a cell phone? Um, uh, and David, I am not gay. Ask your mom. Uh, what about a cell phone for your kid? How old was your kid when you um, – how old was he when he got a cell phone? Uh, right around the same time that he came out as gay, so 12 years old. Yeah, interesting. The phone made so, him gay. So, like, well, I, let's so, end the conversation there. The phone made him gay. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Hey, I really appreciate you calling. You, um, you sound, you y- your son is a, a very lucky uh, boy to have a, a father with such a good head on his uh, shoulders. No, we're lucky. We're lucky to have him. Yeah, that's true too. We're lucky to have him. As, as you know, with three boys, I'm, I'm lucky to have this guy. Yeah. Well, congratulations, brother. Later, dude. Thanks for all the support on the show. Yep. Yeah, Jeff. My pleasure. All right, guys. All right. Uh, I would like to hear more from Jethro. What a badass man! I agree. He I was starting so to look s- into studies about sexuality and like testosterone, like correlation, because they're debating it in the comment he, section. Jethro seems so sober compared to me. You think so? Um, I don't see understand why anyone have any concerns over other people's sexual preferences. Well, I mean, I, I don't want I I I. I want to agree with you, but I can't because if you're um, if you're into kids, I just can't. I can't. I can't do you for some reason. If that's your preference, I just can't have you. I don't want you anywhere near me. Sorry. I mean, I'm not sorry. Just the way I am right now. Uh, married with kids doesn't mean anything. I knew a guy who was married for 30 years with two kids and uh, snuck around with a male uh, until he got caught, then came out. That's fucking crazy. Uh, oh, kids don't count. Okay, well, fine. Yeah, do what you got. Diddle who? Yeah, have sex with whoever you want. It's just different for. I, I it might be different for boys too. So much of our. Um. Identity. So much of our makeup. Is is what we do with our penis? That's fair. I, I like that, right? Wouldn't you say? Sure. 
Um, do the finger diddle again. This. I'm so lucky I didn't get diddled. Holy shit. I'd be gay as fuck if someone would have got me. You just appreciate the human form now. Yeah. <laughs> if some guy would have pulled up in, in a van, offered me a snicker bar and showed me his dick I'd, and, and I touched it, I'd be fucking... This is, this would be called the Sevon Podcast. This would be called the Gay Podcast. I, mean, I could change the title to it. I can't believe we have another show tonight. Uh, tonight at 6 p.m., uh, trolling the leaderboard. Does anyone can does anyone want to convince me that it was okay what Rihanna did? Does anyone want to convince me that like I, I'm a prude? My dad told me I was a prude because of like I didn't want my kids getting sexual education from the public school. And I'm like, dude, it's not like when we were in in school where they show like two zebras fucking and they explain to you like how the sperm travels and they, and they pull out a banana and put a condom on it. I go, it's not like that anymore, dude. He, he, he doesn't, he, he didn't, he didn't get it. I'm like, dude, it's like passing out butt plugs and dildos and t- showing that it's okay. They're showing pictures of two dudes in 69, like, <laughs> like, you know, like. I almost think it was worse what Justin Timberlake did. I mean, you do. Oh, uh, uh, showed up. Uh, well, because he raped uh, uh, Janet Jackson. What if we just started yeah, like, saying that? Top off. Yeah, he raped Justin Timberlake, raped Janet Jackson. <laughs> he accosted her. Hey, that is that is interesting that that never came up as like a. Um, oh, my Comparison? God. There's that they're they're showing men tearing off women's clothes. What a horrible example. Well, if he did that now, then it became over. They probably learned their lesson. Like, oh, we can't have men and women <coughs> in the same Super Bowl show. Uh, isn't being gay or straight uh, just a social construct of modern day? Long ago, it was just sex with either men or women. It was just for pleasure, and sex with the opposite sex was used just for reproduction. I don't know, but I, but I, I could, I could totally see that. Oh, it did, uh, Janelle. It was all over the. It did, Savon. It was all over the news for weeks. I remember being all over the news. I just remember it being like it accidentally came off because it got caught on his hand or something. Oh, really? It killed her career. Nipplegate killed Janet Jackson's career. <laughs> I had no idea. Um. No, you're not. I, no, you're not in the wrong. The you're in the right. Am I wrong for just not giving a shit about what happened in the Super Bowl? No, you're totally in the right. Who gives a fuck? You're right. Um. Oh, you want to see? You want to see it? Can we? Can we show? Um. Her diddling her. Oh. What if you type in Rihanna diddle? <laughs> I don't think it's gonna pull that off. Uh, I turned gay after yesterday's podcast. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, it, it's great that Jethro called. It's uh, oh man, uh, Devesh Maharaj, uh, Sima, uh, dolphins have gay, um, sex. 
and there are other animals the two that engage with well you know what i heard devesh um i heard that any caged animals will start uh, performing all the quote unquote not my words deviant sexual acts that humans do meaning like um uh, rape uh, uh masturbation in public uh homosexuality just all of these well i shouldn't call it perversions or deviant uh i don't care what you call it i don't know what to call it but different than than the norm that if you cage animals they all start doing that the cannibalism they do all sorts of shit you put put animals in clothes there it is look it look it nice it's nice it's nice Oh my goodness. Oh, I didn't know she put a finger in. Oh shit. Oh my god. So she actually she actually <laughs> rotates. That's great. Yeah, I still think the Jan Jackson thing is worse. Uh, chimpanzees rape in the wild uh, and eat each other's babies. <clears throat> uh, yeah, she worked the middle. Yeah, she did work the middle. Uh, not cool, but still not worth obsessing over. Uh, maybe she was checking to see if her water broke. Uh, mm, that's yuck. The stinky pinky. Uh, relax, old man. Uh, yep, that's a yeast infection. <laughs> uh, yep, that's called the muscle snatch. Um, oh, shit, wow. I mean, the whole halftime show is a bunch of sperm dancing around an egg. Wow. Very symbolic. Wow, great. Wow. Wow. And it was pro-Christian and pro-life and anti-abortion. I like it. Okay. And pro Satan. Yeah. And hey, I must, I'm probably just a misogynist that hates the vagina and hates the smell of the vagina. And I'm just projecting that onto the world because I can't accept the fact that she put her finger in her twat and smelt it. I should be like, oh my God, this is so beautiful. Okay. Um, Perspective. Yeah, Trish, maybe she was just promoting vaginal health. <sighs> I like when I see new people comment. Oh, shit. We have to look closely at this name. Del Lavasur. It's a trick name. Lavasur. 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 Uh, chimps and baboons do whatever the fuck they want. Uh, uh, Janelle, uh, Winston, uh, I'm not a big fan of the smell of the vagina myself. It's cause you're straight. She did not, you, she, you're, you're correct, Allison. She did not actually put her finger in. She made the gesture of putting in. She didn't just do this. She did this. Are you familiar with this movement? That's when you curl around the pubic bone, I think. And you funk. And, and you get get the finger in there, you know. I, I guess you 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 push your your finger over the man in the canoe, and then, um, and and into the hole. 
Smush and him. She, just, she, she flat fingered it. He, he, he smushed the man in the canoe. <sighs> uh, and then, uh, no, and, and then she sniffed her finger. That was not a crotch grab. That was not a cr- crotch grab. That was not. That was a. That was a. Um, um, Heidig, that's our, that's father in Armenian. Heidig, Heidig, uh, yes, son. Um, uh, this is football. Uh, yes, it, it, it is, Avi. Oh, why was that girl touching her vagina and then smelling her finger? Um, uh, uh, cause I, cause it's football. It's in, 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 in when the athletes are uh, resting and regrouping, um, this is what we do. We watch, uh, women touch their vagina and smell their fingers. It's no big deal. Oh, kind of like the dogs at the dog park. Like after they throw the ball and they get tired, they just walk around in a circle sniffing each other's vaginas and penises and licking them. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. God, Avi, you're so smart. Thanks, Heidi. Mom, can I smell your vagina? I don't really want that to play out like that. My kids aren't even into TV. I told yesterday... I needed to watch two hours. No, I needed to watch one hour of golf, Frisbee golf. And I had two hours to do it. So I fucking just beat the shit out of the kids from fucking like nine to one, right? Like not like physically beat the shit out of Well, physically beat the shit out of but, but not, not hurt them, exercise them. You know what I mean? Like just work them, right? Take them okay. to the beach, make them run around in the rain, bring them home. They ended up doing, uh, they did a hundred devil's press. They did 200 burpees after the hundred devil's press. Um, they, they did the treadmill, just tons of stuff. And then they're exhausted. And I'm like, okay, guys, I'm going to feed, you're going to have two hours to eat. And I'm going to, and it's pouring here and freezing. And I go, and you can watch a movie. And then we're going to jujitsu and striking for two hours. They're like, awesome. And they wouldn't even watch TV. I couldn't, I couldn't get through one hour of golf in two hours because I bought them these lightsabers and all they want to do is beat each other with them. So every 10 minutes I was in the house yelling at them. Finally, I took them away. If he dies, he dies. (laughs) Right. I should have said that. One of my sons, Joseph, has a broken toe, but for some reason he can still do go to lightsaber battle. Is that really how you know if your kid's gay? He wants to play with dolls and he's into gymnastics? Is that like some of the – and wear dresses? I don't know about that. I've seen kids do that and they don't turn out to be gay. So, Sevon never getting sponsors. One of my kids can cartwheel like a fucking champ and he likes dolls and he wanted to be Elsa for Halloween. But he also loves a fucking lightsaber. And he loves a fucking Tonka truck. Maybe he's by. <laughs> what do I care? What's I what do I care? I'm trying to see if my oh. Uh, oh, wow. My friend is coming. Um, I hated Barbies and wanted and wanted Hot Wheels track, and I'm not gay, but I also know a lot about disc golf. Definitely gay. Just uh, no, autistic. Or? Autistic. If, I think a Frisbee golf is that you're autistic. Uh, you can't be a part-time gay. What does that even mean? 
what's LARPing? Live action role playing. Oh. It's like when everybody when they dress up in like it's like what your um what Dale did. Where he dresses up in like a night. Oh, Dale outfit. was a LARPer? Essentially, yeah. Okay, well, uh, watch this. It, 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 we'll play a game here, uh, and uh, uh, Caleb is the contestant. Okay, you guys ready? Uh, Caleb, uh, Jacqueline Sulkis says, I'm surprised your kids aren't in gymnastics, Savon. Uh, Caleb, with your deep knowledge, you've spent a lot of time, we've spent a lot of time together. Why yeah. aren't my kids in gymnastics? Let's see if Caleb can figure this out. Oh, shit. Why? I feel like you've said it before. Aren't my kids in gymnastics? Aren't you waiting to put them in gymnastics? Uh, no. no. Yeah. I don't remember. Isn't there like a, a, a music down here that's like, like doo, 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 doo. who wants to know? Who knows why my kids aren't in gymnastics? They have to wear masks. Mason Mitchell for the win. Uh, Caleb, pack up all your shit and get out of your office. Uh, Mason, you're in tomorrow. Say bye to everyone. (laughs) I should have guessed. Del Lavasur, 1999. Great show as usual. Thank you. I really like your picture. If that's really you, fuck, you're awesome. I think it's one of those AI pictures like the one they did of you. God, it's so good. So good. Uh, Jethro, I'm going to um, send you footage of my three sons tomorrow. You can pick out the gay one. <laughs> going to get in trouble for my for my wife. I, I shouldn't talk about my kids. They're too young to talk about. I've started checking my emails. Hey, our numbers are skyrocketing in Buzzsprout. Oh, the so you know what's weird? The Josh Bridges podcast is missing from um, from Buzzsprout, uh, from uh, uh, Streamyard, the download. Mm-hmm. So it has to. It's going to have to be pulled. Um, oh, Sima, thank you for your monthly tithing. Thank you, Sima Fazula Fazuliahi Fazula. Oh, I know why. You do know why? Yeah. You think it's because because it, it was full? Yeah. Eric, why is that 20,700? We big time. What'd you say? I'll just uh, pull the audio and then from another, from a website, and then I'll do it. From like YouTube? Uh, yeah. I'll have to like use the website to separate the two, but I can get it. Okay. I can do it too if you're busy. No, I got shit going on. Okay. Thank you. Hey, you know what's weird is our shows that we used to have, we had guests on used to be our big shows, and now it's the shows where we don't have guests that are the big shows. What the fuck has happened? Just sticking around. Yeah. People just want to watch uh, curated um, Instagram clips. Isn't it weird that people come on the show and they're worried about what they say because it's going to pull down my channel? It's like, have we really gotten to that? I think it's it's just them being respectful. Yeah, I I, I, I I get that. It just sucks that they even have to think like that. Yeah, that's true. Which is I funny because to... he said he got kicked off of every social media like platform. Yeah. Like so he knows. 
There was a comment on here on YouTube that I wanted to um, read you guys that someone said. Oh, okay. This is uh, from, from YouTube. Uh, some guy named Ryan said, um, he, he wrote this in the YouTube comments. He said, today, Savon likes guys with bravado who pound their chest. Oh, i.e. Jake Paul, Travis Bajan. Two days ago, Sevon is saying guys who puff their chests are battling with inner gayness and points the comments at Jocko Willick and David Goggins. I, I, um, I, I wrote back to him in the comments, and I said, uh, that is not correct, Mr. Ryan. You are conflating chest pounding with posturing to be a man, and I forgive you. A cowboy does not dress up to be a cowboy. His clothing is functional. It's not a prop to convince you or anybody he's a cowboy. You see what I'm saying, Ryan? I don't do anything to prove my gender. My man qualities just are or are not. Meaning, um, I, I I don't think uh, Jake Paul is 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 doing his antics, or Travis Bajan is doing his antics, or Conor McGregor is doing his antics to prove that they're men. They're conf- it's just it's 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 they're just expressing themselves, and it just so happens that a lot of people with a penis and balls do express themselves that way the same way a cowboy doesn't wear the the chaps and the cowboy hat and the spurs and the gun to convince you that he's a cowboy those are all uh things that have functional use i i, I think the chaps are so that um, you don't get the sweat from the horse on you and so that when you're riding through the brush you don't get cut up by it i think that's what it's for i don't know the guns you know to shoot off uh, shoot bad guys uh cougars mountain lions uh, injured animals out in the wild uh, rattlesnake um, etc. Maybe rob a bank or two. The spurs are to uh, prod the horse so that uh, it will listen to you. And the hat is to keep the sun out of his face. And that chest pounding has... The, the, it's interesting how those things... You, you have, I understand if you listen to my show while you're drinking. It's fun. Drinking can be fun. But um, but 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 uh, commenting on you, YouTube and drinking are not smart. Oh, I hear a jet. Is that our tax dollars? That's your tax dollars. Nice. It's nice. <laughs> I don't know what chaps are for. I don't really, can we look that up? I really don't I don't know what chaps are for. I think it's to prevent chafing when you're riding the horse. It is okay. I mean can you imagine if I wore a motorcycle helmet around just to convince people that I had a motorcycle, even if I didn't have one? I just carried it around with me. Yeah. Right at Kawasaki. That was, yeah. Chaps. Functions of chaps. Assless chaps. I know what assless chaps are for. They're all the same. Did you know that? They're all assless? Yes. Uh, chaps. Uh, so it's just redundant. Uh, chaps. Uh, they are a protective garment used to be used when riding a horse i better get my wife some then uh they're protective garment to be used when riding a horse through brushy terrain in the modern world they're worn for both practical work purpose and uh uh-oh uh-oh and for fucking posers uh uh, they're buckled Oh, oh oh we lost the actual anyway they're usually made of leather um Oh, in the modern world, they're both worn for practical work purpose and for exhibition or show use. Chaps have also been adopted for use on motorcycles, particularly by cruiser-style motorcycle riders. 
the Iron Horse. Uh, Jeez Louise, the lady next door was selling ass and there were no chaps in sight. Do you like the way I worked that one? That's good. Uh, okay, Olivia Houston helps you stick to the saddle better. I feel bad for people who ride horses. Like- I'm definitely getting my wife some chaps so she can stick to the horse better. See? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I feel bad for like rodeo riders and shit. Their whole life is based on jokes. Hey, um, there's this chick coming on the show tonight. Uh, Claire Danes. Claire Bays. Claire who? Bays. Bays. Claire Bays. Claire Danes. Isn't that someone famous? I don't know. Is she in Shakespeare in Love? Oh. Uh, Claire Day. Claire Days. Bays. Claire Bays. B A Y S. Claire Bays is coming on the show. Oh, this girl. Um, she's a sober alcoholic. Uh, she looks like she has a boyfriend. Um, she has a podcast called Conversations with Claire. And if you want her to be your coach, you can even click a link there and she'll be your coach. Uh, <clears throat> oh, we're doing trolling the leaderboard. It'll be interesting. Oh, laugh out loud, Claire Danes. Oh, no, Claire. Oh. Um, He's laughing at you not knowing her name. Uh, Danes is the actor. The actress? No. Oh, I competed all my life. I'm that horse girl. Oh, that's awesome. God. I think that's like an attractive quality. Horse girl? Being, mm. No? Why, crazy? A little bit. But crazy's good, right? I mean, when you're young. Sure. Hey, what was Claire Bay showing that uh, drink for? I, didn't, I don't approve of that. There were the, I, the pancakes, but then there were two drinks. Those, yeah, what the fuck is she doing? Uh, what is that? Protein shake? You got to DM her to get the recipe, though. Oh. Maybe you can ask her about it tonight. Uh, Jiggy Josh, love a horse girl. You think a horse girl is like a cat, a cat girl? Yeah. No. No. I think that the similar properties, but I, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't date either of them. Okay. But I def but more I would more date a horse girl than a cat girl. If, if there was like a woman behind a door over here and a woman behind a door over here and it was like this girl owns a lot of cats. This girl knows how it's been riding horses for years. You I'll take door number 2. Horse girl. Horse girl. 10 out of 10. Yeah, me too. Uh the D- Devesh D- Maharaj, the DEI council finally got to Sevi. He's getting a female on the show. <laughs> oh, Jiggy Josh, I date both. Well, fuck. We have a winner. Um, uh, yeah. Two hours and 46 minutes. It's just like a three hour show now. It's turning into one, that's for sure. There was something someone said in here. Did you see? Oh, did you see the spin video? What's the spin video from Barry McCockner saying that? Um, I know spin just interviewed Nick Johnson from proven. 
Oh, that's been. Oh, let's go over there. Let's go over there to his YouTube station. Let's see what. Um, who who's Nick Nick Johnson? Is that one of their athletes? No, Nick Johnson is the proven head coach? Question mark. Oh, Sasha. Oh, I I can't even follow that shit. I I'm on this thread with these guys, and I asked them what the fuck. So. For those of you who don't know, this is my understanding of it. Barry, tell me if this is right. There's this – oh, maybe he'll just say it in the video. Maybe we should just steal Brian's shit. Brian's pretty cool. I don't think he'll report us. Oh, let's see what the write-up says. Oh, Nick Johnston. Sorry, I forgot the T. That's okay. No one says it right. Well, let's just call him Dick Johnson. Yesterday, Sasha Neva's 23.2 workout video was circulating and not for the right reasons. In her video that was submitted to the CrossFit Games leaderboard appeared to be edited. Ooh. At the 1830 mark in the video, her judge in the video has a ghosting effect that had people questioning if the video was doctored. Come on, Ooh. Man. Nick Johnston, proven CEO, joins the podcast to put those rumors to rest. Hey, why didn't she just come on? It's like having your attorney speak for you. Oh. Uh, Taylor, oh, more importantly, why didn't he come on my podcast? What the fuck's wrong with you, dick? Uh, Steve Flores, uh, Taylor Williamson's husband. She competed on Rich's team last year. Oh, th- that dude's uh, Taylor's husband? Yeah. Wow, it's a pretty ancestral world. This guy, wor- what's this guy's job at uh, Proven? Well, what let's find out. The- Push play. Let, maybe we'll find out. Do you guys want to watch this? This will be fun to watch together. Let's watch this. I love, I love Mr. Spin. So unassuming. Don't be a dick, Dick. Live. Yeah, thank you. Oh, it's Nick live. Johnston, CEO of Proven Fitness. How are you doing this oh. morning? Oh, CEO. Doing very well. How are you? Doing, doing all box. right. Um, kind of a weird situation here this morning and generally like to talk about things that are a little bit more positive, but um, definitely wanted to kind of get you on. Hold on, hold on. To help. Hold on, Brian. Easy. What do you mean you like to talk about things that are a little more positive? Don't. I mean, you, last time you had Eubanks on, you fuck. We watched him hang himself on your show. They, you, you, that people come to your show to hang themselves. I hope Nick hangs himself on accident. Okay, go. Clear up what's been going on with Sasha um, and her scores yesterday. Um, so for. Everybody who may not be up to speed yesterday, uh, Sasha uploaded her, her score for 20, 23.2. And um, there was some attention drawn to the image or the video uh, at about the 1830 mark where it appeared there was like some ghosting to it potentially. Oh, can you pause um, this? Uh, for those you don't of you don't know, for those of you don't know, oh, she's pretty. This is, Oh, this, this is the girl that was on Mayhem. Yeah, she was on the team with Angelo and Alexis Johnson and Lucas Parker. Yeah, she's like a a, a, a healthy looking version of Camille LeBlanc Bazinet, right? <laughs> I think she was an Olympian too. Yeah. Uh, sh- uh, okay, so this girl, this is the girl we're talking about. She had an unfortunate incident, it appears, that Mister Spin's talking about. Okay, uh, so Sasha was uh, she used to be Mayhem, and now she's proven. Uh oh. And then we talked last night and, and I asked you to jump on to kind of share, share what happened from your perspective. So I'll, I'll, I'll stop now and kind of give you the floor to, to kind of explain 
what's been going on with with yeah. that and, and your discussions with Sasha. Yeah, absolutely. And this was, I do appreciate this as well, right? Because I think a lot of people can jump to conclusions when they see videos like that, especially when individuals yeah. clip things out of yeah. a certain video, put it on social media. It's very easy to kind of pick and choose what you want to see. And at the end Is he of the talking day, about Hiller? one of those things where even... Is he referencing RI, Hiller? It raises some eyebrows, right? When you see something like that, especially when a transition is edited or anything that may be glitching in a video. So uh, timeline-wise, I want to say around 2.30 yesterday, it was brought to our attention that uh, the video in question was on the internet. It had been going around with some oh, can you pause social this? media banter. So uh, he, uh, let me see. Stop screen. Uh, let me see if I can share this. I th- is this it here? Um, I don't think it's maybe cover this earlier with no information other than what was apparent. Uh, I still don't have anything, but I can post here. So it's clear. Current video on the game site appears to be valid. Although the timer cuts at 14 minutes because the wrong wadproof app preset was chosen. The original video is different. Yes, the thruster is a jerk, and yes, she continues to complete heavier lifts, which aided by the standard of a good. Uh... Okay, so so uh, God, this is so vague. Uh, Hiller writes, "Why would it be a good idea to upload an edited video knowing it is and has been against the rules?" So and so received a four year ban for doctoring a video in 2017. Further, if you had this one, why not upload it? Yeah, that is the question. Why, if you have the correct video, why did they upload the? Okay, well, let's go on. So, so this girl um, uploaded uh, a video that um, was edited. Now, this guy's going to explain why, I guess. The video that you just showed is not the one that's doctored. By the way, it, it, uh, in that post, okay. So, so Bailey Walker says, uh, in that post, Hiller said that video is not the one that was put on Games website, and the Games website is not edited. Okay, now I'm really confused. Okay. And some things like that, which, which Sasha and Batu, Batu is her husband and coach at this point back home, um, they didn't even know about it. They had no idea what was going on. I think it was 7 p.m. back where they are in Argentina. So it's winding down the end of the night. Um, definitely nothing that they expected to see. Um, so it caused us to do some more digging. So we sent the story over to them, um, asked, hey, guys, we'd love to know just kind of what's going on here and, and maybe some further explanation into why this may have happened. Um, this actually triggered for the first time them seeing it as well, which was even bigger red flag and how this happened. So um, timelines that timeline then is we went ahead and checked out all the videos that she had done. Um, what the conclusion we came out to be was that she had used the wadproof app for her official timer. Um, she is doing this as an, as an unaffiliated athlete. So she does need to officially provide those videos on all workouts that she does. Um, so when we saw that the wadproof app was unfortunately set by someone to the 23.1 version when you go into the app. So that means it's only a 14 minute window for that AMRAP at the 14 minute mark in her video. It had stopped. Um, oh, okay. 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 Wad- Does that make sense? I don't know how wadproof works, but what he's saying is, is that 
um, there's a default preset. You push the button and this app starts filming you and she pushed the wrong default preset. And so it wasn't uh, set up to film for the entire duration of the workout. So her filming got botched from one source. Is that how you hear it, Caleb? Yeah, that's how okay. I hear it as well. Okay. Let's see if she had a backup camera going. Wow. That would be genius if she had a backup camera going. Those of you out there who, who f- always do everything in redundancy, if you even have fucking if, – if you give a fuck, if you put on an event – that cost $500,000 and you don't have everything in redundancy that you're in your, when you're recording it, you are a tard. You know who I'm talking to on top of that. If you're recording something and you give a shit of it actually being recorded, You put headphones on because audio is almost always more important than video. You never take audio for granted. That's why we wear headphones, not to be cool. Action. Proof app, it does keep recording throughout your time, whether you want to show plates or you want to do whatever your name intros at the end. Um, which is awesome for them. And this definitely shows the validity of that app in this case, which is great. Um, but in Sasha's case, being new to the app and being new to being an unaffiliated athlete, um, she thought that video would be invalid because that timer was not officially in the video, right? Um, so what she did was had a GoPro in the back corner, and that's the video everyone saw, the one that she uploaded. Um, that was going to be her then official video because there was a clock in there. Now digging even deeper, and this is where the layers kind of start peeling back and we start seeing the real truth of what happened. Um, She had a GoPro setting that if you go look up any YouTube video on this issue, there's a setting in GoPros with the newer versions that um, it's called a, a video Kodak optimization mode. So when you turn that on, and lots of times we've talked to our media team here, lots of times it'll be turned on without even knowing. Um, It'll splice videos into segments based on optimization for data. Um, So when it comes down to this, we saw that the videos had been spliced into two 10-minute segments, one five-minute segment. um, And that's where you see that transition at the 1830 mark to where the video processing app itself had done that for her when she uploaded it to YouTube um, without even her knowing. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can explain this. Let me see if I can explain this. Um, So it's not that the WAD app stopped filming at 14 minutes. Hi, Mr. Spin. Hi. Thank you for your hard and tireless work. Um, uh, Just thank you. I don't think I'm going to try to say something fancy. Thank you. Uh, Basically, the app didn't stop filming, but at the 14-minute mark, the timer stopped running on it. So it actually kept filming, but the timer didn't keep running. So then she thought, okay, I'm not going to use this. And she used the GoPro footage and the GoPro footage splices automatically at the 10 minute mark. And for some reason, when she uploaded it, uh, and you know, that's kind of common in the old, I don't know if it's common. uh, I'm not familiar with GoPro, but in these Canon, (coughs) I just wheezed in these Canon cameras that I used to have, for legal reasons so that they could still be called point and shoot cameras and not video cameras, the clips would break at the 29 minute and 59 second mark. 
So when you were filming, it would the camera would either stop or it would just start making another clip. And it sounds like for some reason the GoPro did that, right? It made two 10-minute clips. Is that instead of one clip? Yeah, I think that's about right. Okay, fair enough. Splice at 10-minute mark, uh, except the video is 18 minutes long and during the glitch. Uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Maybe she started the camera uh, like way ahead of time, right? And so that was like the third cut. Splice at 10-minute mark, except the video... Except the, the video was 18 minutes plus. Um, wasn't the that workout was a 15 minute AMRAP, right? And then with a, a five minutes at the end to do a thruster? Correct. Oh, here we go. There's the explanation. Oh, so GoPro Go chops it up based on the size of the file, not the duration. Okay. Not the time duration. So it doesn't do every 10 minutes, it's every two gigs or something. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard that before too. 400 megs or something like that. Wow, look at you. Where did you find that? You found that on the internet? Or you just know that? No, that's just what Spin said. <clears throat> oh, where? Where did he say it? He just said GoPro chops it based on the size of the file. I know, but how'd you come up with two gigs? Because I've heard that before too. Oh, I just, that was a guesstimation. Oh. Okay. All right. Do we need to see any more? Let's watch a couple more minutes. Let's see. Dude, this has a shitload of views. Spin's killing it five minutes long. Um, so she uploaded to YouTube without checking at that 1830 mark, had no idea it was there. Um, and unfortunately, and fortunately, right, somebody brought this to our attention that the video had been transitioned spliced together. Now, the first thing that was obviously brought to our attention and probably everyone's attention when it came to social media was the first thruster was uh, a no rep, right? And that Never well, in question. That was something. Oh, look, that he got a splice. Brian Spin spliced his shit right there. <laughs> oh, fuck this interview. Even this interview is corrupt. Can't trust it. All right. You want to keep going? Uh, wouldn't it be seamless if you put them together? Well, theoretically, right? I think technically you'd have to edit it then. Now, you would think the GoPro would have some sort of, like when she uploaded, it would have some sort of. Uh, software stitching software that would bring them uh, exactly uh, side by side at the exact frame that they switched. Um, my internet dropped at this point in the interview. I had to use my hotspot on my phone to continue streaming. Shit. Sucks to be you. Okay. Keep going. That was something that I think I, we went out here. Ryan, can you Looks like I just got back on my internet. It's been out. Um, so it just went out on me again. So I'm using my Wi-Fi hotspot. So he got okay. he did that so, hotspot pretty yeah, fast. Just what I was saying was the first thing that came to our attention, right, was the the no rep on the thruster. Which Great picture with the hotspot. We could all tell that was a no rep. Um, and what people didn't see in social media was that wasn't her last lift. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was never counted as a thruster. Batu obviously told her, "Hey," and she knew. Um, you jerked that rep. That's a no rep. Let's go ahead and hit the next one. And she did successfully complete her last lift. Um, and that was a 205 that she posted. So that was no issue. The bigger issue, right? 205. Ghosting, Do that in my um, sleep. And everything that had been transitioned together. And like I said, that was just a GoPro setting that upon sharing to the YouTube app, it just did it for her. Um, it's completely on her and her as an athlete and her team to have looked hey, at that further I think, and check that out. Um, what's her clean and jerk? I wonder what her clean and jerk. I think my greatest. I think my greatest jerk is two fifteen, and my greatest clean and jerk was two oh five, back when I was a young whippersnapper. 
I never thrust her 200 pounds. That's for sure. Fucking nuts, right? Oh, but she's, she's an Olympic weightlifter. She's like a special, like she's a, she's a specialist. 264. You think she jerks, uh, um, uh, 205, 240. Wow. Her listed on the CrossFit Games website is 120 kg. That's 264. For her, her, her biggest clean and jerk. Mm-hmm. That, that doesn't even sound fucking possible. Oh, well, thank yeah. you, Miss Redow. 205 thruster is different. Well, thank you. That's why I asked what her clean and jerk is. My goodness. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Spin, once again. Oh, here we go. Look at, look at, here we go. Now we're getting down. Uh, looks like it's called file chaptering from the GoPro site. Thank you, Mike McCaskey, uh, with uh, 460 pounds over his head. A default for Hero 11 is four gigabytes per chapter if using a 32 gigabyte SD card or less. Okay, I understand. And 12 gigabytes, it's big. For SD card, uh, 64 gigabytes or larger. Hero, 10, 9, or 4 gigabytes. Okay. All right. And she's from South America, so she probably has an old uh, 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 GoPro. I said it. I Hero said 8, maybe. She has the shit we couldn't sell in the U.S., so we shipped it south. <laughs> God, 260 sounds just savage for a clean and jerk. Not sounds, is. It's just crazy. Do you even lift? Yes. Uh, last night uh, when I got out of the shower, I hung three towels on my erect penis and then put your mom on it directly after that. Yashar. Caleb is impressed. Three heavy wow. towels. Three heavy towels. I was warming up for your mom. Three heavy wet towels. Wet. Like big, like hotel wet towels. Right out of the washer. Yeah. Use them for a drying rack. Yes. Um, oh shit, Brandon Waddell, no one is safe. See how quickly we found this info? If she's serious about making games, she wouldn't put herself in this conundrum. I don't know. It's at I, I guess. It's a lot. Um she's small too, yeah. Uh Yashar's mom is pretty small. That's why I could do oh, oh, uh Sasha Nevis, yes. Ah, the old erect uh, penis towel rack trick. Classic. <laughs> God, being a boy is fun. I'm just gonna set you here while I comb my hair. I'm just gonna, just gonna, just hang out here for a second. <laughs> okay, three hours and five minutes. We did it, uh, guys. Thank you. Uh, we will see you tonight. Brian Friend will be in full form. Uh, I'm going to see if we can get Bill Grundler on tonight. Is it tonight? No, no. Bill Grundler's Thursday night. Thursday night, I'm in uh, negotiations with Bill Grundler's lawyer to see if we can get Bill Grundler uh, contracted to come on Thursday. But we will have Claire Danes, uh, Brian hey. Friend, Claire Bays, uh, Brian Friend, and uh, Mr. J.R. Howell. And maybe you might see uh, Caleb or Matt Souza or something. All right. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, Spiegel, thank you. Uh, Bye-bye.